Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Earned Five Star Podcast on the Fans First Sports Network. I'm your host, Joshua Voles, site manager, emperor, supreme warlord, and defender of the faith over at OneFootDown.com. And joining me once again is the commissioner, Jude Seymour, and the chief inspector, Brendan McAlinden. Fellas, there is a lot. I mean, there's a lot to cover tonight. And so, I mean, we got to jump out of the gun right away. I I have an hour on Sam Hartman's haircut. I mean, are we going to talk about that? I mean, we can. I mean, we can. We we can definitely get that pre mullet mullet where he's getting he's getting the runway ready for the mullet to start uh, coming back out. He's just he's trying to he's trying to figure out who he is as a Midwest person. You know what I mean? It's a good place to start. I mean, what do you you go mustache or mullet? I mean, he'd be better off maybe. There was, so just many, mu- there was did you notice like not only the fact that it was the shaved on the sides way too high but like it was there was a layer in the back where it was long on the top but then then like in the back back it was still like shorter than the top so well, I mean Sam, I mean Sam Hartman's a dick right because he's he's got great <laughs> hair he's got great hair anyone anybody who's got great hair they're a fucking dick my son Ryan great hair he's a dick uh, my youngest son, Dylan, not great hair. Awesome. Super kid. Um, so, I mean, it's just, it's Sam Harper's a dick. He's got great hair. You know, Brady Quinn, great hair. Dick. Jimmy Clausen, terrible hair. Awesome dude. Well, well, yeah, you know what? I think uh, when, when people describe um, Jimmy Clausen, normally they, they go with uh, awesome dude. Typically. Yeah. That's <laughs> if you're... 
if they're fucking, if they're not, not know, punchable face, real, not punchable face. No. no, I mean, if someone says uh, Jimmy Claus has got a punchable face to me, I find that person's face to be quite punchable. But that's fair. Well, like only oh. like you just got uglier, pal. Let me show you these fists for disparaging our sweet baby. I guess he's not a baby anymore. He's uh, always Jimmy a baby. He's always, always going to be a baby. Yeah, always be a baby. Yeah, your babies are always your babies. Yeah. The sweet baby. Uh, I got to tell you guys, I, so about an hour before recording, I had to make a, a quick run up to the uh, to the, the famous Dollar General Market uh, and then the Speedy Mart uh, here in Hicksville. And uh, Speedy Mart's where I want to start this tale at. Uh, I, I don't know if I was right or wrong. I think I was in the right. I think I was. I think I think what I did was perfectly fine and. And morally correct. So I'm standing in line and it's taken forever. There's, there's one dude. I see line. It's me and this other dude. And this dude in front of me is just taking fucking forever. He's got a can of King Cobra. He smells the high hell of. I mean, this dude is boozed out, right? And I don't know what he's doing. He's talking about his cats with the lady behind the counter. She's talking about her cat. She lives at home with her parents and their five cats. It's a, it's a cat story. It's ridiculous. And I'm trying not to like get impatient. Like I physically and mentally like calming myself down. Cause I mean, I got nowhere to be right away, you know, just let them have their cat talk. Uh, but then he goes to pay for his can of King Cobra, not even the bottle of King Cobra and his debit card got uh, denied. Uh, he tried like five, six times. And I'd never seen a more dejected person in my life. And he just hold up the can to her and he goes, so I guess I should just take this back. And she just goes, yeah, yeah, I think so. Like it was sadness. And I'm just, I looked at him like, Hey man, put that fucking can up here. I got gotcha. you. There we and go. The joy in the, the joy in this man's face to get this free can of King Cobra. I mean, I felt selfish. Like I did that for me. Um, you know, I don't know if a drunk uh, should be getting more alcohol purchased for him, but just, I mean, he was, he was happy. He was a happy gentleman. He probably wishes he had like, like at least a whole bottle of King Cobra or a 12 pack. Maybe that, you know, he said, nobody's ever done anything like that for him before. And I'm like, Jesus, oh. man, it is one, it is one can of King Cobra. So I don't know. I've so I, I did my civic duty tonight. So I can't wait to read uh, the police reports uh, in the paper next week <laughs> to see what really went down. Oh, you're the you're the opposite of that guy that went viral for uh, getting asking the homeless person what they wanted at the fast food place and then going and buying it all and then eating it in front of him. So good on you, man. Yeah, I mean it's just whatever. Uh, I, I and I was trying for some reason I was trying to make myself feel better and look at he had on like a kind of like an olive green jacket and I thought well maybe the guy's a vet you know and then I then it's totally fucking fine like right like I have no no worries at all it's a vet he's indeed and uh, but that wasn't the case it was just a, a, a terribly uh, dirty and uh, bad looking jacket. Well, I'll tell you what, he'll be a vet after he tends to that King Cobra. (laughs) The man, the man is a vet if he's drinking King Cobra. Yeah. Uh, So feel good about that. 
that was a good all. Oh, you know, that was a good altercation. I did not have a good altercation at the baseball fields yesterday. Yeah, is, I, this, I, is this the story we're waiting for? Yeah, you know, and it's. I, I feel like this is gonna be a little anticlimactic uh, because I normally don't like. Part of the charm of the of the opening of the show is I don't tell you guys exactly what bullshit I'm gonna spew out of my mouth right off the bat. Uh, it's like you know, it could be a surprise, it could be a dud, it could be you know a winner. But we were amped up last night, and uh, so I dropped a dropped a little hit in the DMs. So just to just to put this all together here. So yesterday I had uh, Dylan had baseball practice. My daughter had a track meet. And another, just like one town over, it's about 10 minutes away. No big deal. So I took, took Dylan to practice and then, and then sped off and, and headed up to, uh, to the track meet, which those bastards started early. My daughter runs three events. Uh, and we missed the first run because they decided they were just going to go ahead and start early. Cause that's just, you know, fuck, ever, fuck parents or anybody coming from out of town. Uh, that's just getting there on time. But anyways, so I'm up there for a while and, uh, you know, see her second race. I was going to have to miss her, la- her last race, um, but that's all right. So I took off and then I realized like, oh man, I'm kind of running, I'm running a little bit late. So I texted the coach and uh, just said, Hey man, uh, I'm going to be just a few minutes uh, late picking Dylan up, you know, I'll be there j- just a few. So I get down there and, and they're down at another field at our park because we're tearing up our other fields. Uh, real quick before we have games, uh, this Saturday, I don't know what the hell we're doing. Uh, but so they were practicing down this other field and right next door was a, I, th- I think it was junior high. It might've been high school. I'm pretty sure it was junior high, uh, softball game. And so I, I just got to park in, I don't even park. I just like put my truck in park in the parking lot, uh, behind a bunch of people just to walk up to go get them. And I walk up there and he's like right up on the, the backstop cheering on the girls. Uh, and I walk up and, uh, the coach, who's a friend of mine, he's kind of laughing. He's like, man, he's like, Dylan's pumped. He's he's cheering these girls on. I was like, oh, that's awesome. You know, that's that's a fucking Vols for, you know, uh, you know, we're we're loud and proud and, and like the like the cheers at the at school sporting events. We're proud of the aces. So anyway, so we're we're talking for just for a few minutes. And as the game's going on and I was just about ready to like, like, hey, all right, time to go. And a girl hit a foul ball. And a couple of people yell out foul. Dylan yells out foul. And then this chick sitting there in these fold out chairs behind the dugout about, I don't know, maybe 10 feet away from Dylan turns around and starts yelling at him to be quiet and that he should be quiet and not say anything. And I can't remember what else she said. And so before I could even say anything at all, and I was like, at first I was in shock. The Dylan's coach <laughs> looks at her all confused and goes, what the hell are you fucking talking about? It was a foul ball. And then she's like, he screamed it in my ear. And that's what I kind of like, that's what I unloaded. Cause you the kid was it. 10 fuck. He was 10 feet away. It wasn't a scream. It was barely, it was a yell, but it wasn't even like that bad. And so I, I laid into her about what the fuck are you doing at an outdoor event? Yelling at kids, blah, 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 blah. blah. Like I said some things. Well, also, like, like Dylan is Dylan's what six, seven, yeah, seven, ma'am. He's seven. You're an adult. It's you're <laughs> like, outdoors at a sporting event, right? Like he he yelled foul. He didn't he didn't yell hey fat ass. Well, even, was she well, wearing a yellow hat that said usher on it? 
god. <laughs> that first thought I thought was like, I was like, man, this this seems like. Take a stand, like, man. Take a stand. Take um, a stand. Take a stand. You know, was, I, I, I just okay. Even if he had yelled it in her ear, just be like, okay, but he's seven. You know, like yeah. Your your reaction is not appropriate. So keep going. No, it was it was so beyond, and I just. So I just kept yelling. I just kept, I kept running my fucking mouth as I'm like ushering Dylan to the truck. And there's everyone knows who. You know, look, look. I show up to I show up to sporting events, and any girl that uh, any family member of the junior of the junior high volleyball team will tell you, I show up and shit goes down. Like I am there to, I'm there to have some fun. I'm yeah, loud. People know me. Dylan's got it. Dylan's got his jersey on. This is his last name. So like, you automatically should know this kid's going to like he's gonna be pumped up for for his. For his school, for his town. Kids got pride, man. Uh, so he's cheering him on. But anyways, I ran my mouth a bunch and and uh, as we're walking away and I'm just fucking just dumbfounded. But then I get home. <laughs> and I tell my wife. My wife. And my wife. And I thought she I mean, she was in a murderous rage. Murderous. We texted people to find out who this person was. Put it out, put it out on Facebook, and of course, I shared it. I had to make her <laughs> like. I think I know who this person is, maybe, but I'm not gonna like. I'm not gonna tell her. I think she might be outside this room right now. I'm not gonna tell because <laughs> I'm throwing things going down. Like the words I said should have been enough. But anyway, so there's this moral of the story: is don't yell at kids to be quiet at an outdoor sport, at any sporting event, at a park. When they're just cheering on positive, good stuff. If you can't handle a little cheering, get the hell out. Like, like you're the softball people. Like, you know, they would cry. Not, and, I, and I see this in a not in a bad way, but like, there's complaints about why are there why are the baseball fields getting done, not the softball field. Like, there's all this stuff. Like, there here's somebody that's there. Like, he just randomly just right there, and he's cheering them on. He's having a good time. Everybody around him is fine. And you want to be a, a stick in the mud, man? Go home or go to another day football game where you will enjoy the silence. Like the patch mode. Yeah. Yeah. One of my, maybe that's one of my all time favorite songs as it is. So that's my, Oh, I got one more thing tonight. Yeah. What do you got? Move on to real things. I, I've been giving this a lot of thought for a couple of weeks, Brendan, ever since you dropped your, your nineties, uh, your nineties playlist. Yeah. Yeah. That was the thing. And I get it. And I get it. I get it. And Jude and I have, have made our feelings known about the lack of Nirvana and Alice in Chains and your overall disdain for grunge and your, Oh, uh, this has nothing to do with it, but no, you're, no, you're wildly. No, dis- I think that was a, that was a Joshua led initiative. Um, I'm not, I, I, I weighed in on Space Hog. I'm not sure. I I think I understood where Brennan was coming from on the grunge stuff because he just doesn't like grunge. So, and right, Space right, Hog right. for me I'm, was I'm, was an omission. I go I'm, keep going. I just feel like every fifth song in your playlist should have been something from Wu Tang Forever, and that was a big miss on your part. Oh wow. Uh, well, well, I, I was explicit about it. it every was, fi- every every fifth song. Because I'm gonna tell, I, I don't care what anyone says. People will tell you that 36 Chambers was the best album that they put out. Their first one, it was, I mean, it was revolutionary. It, it 
change the industry, uh, as they were saying on the on the Wu Tang show. But I'm telling you, Wu Tang Forever is the album of is the hip hop album of the '90s that literally did change everything. It was it's just it, it is an immense masterpiece, double discs. Just it is Wu Tang at its greatest. I mean, and and at its strangest in a way because. Uh, the lack of samples on the, you know, on the whole album, most of it was, you know, you know, uh, RZA fucking with stuff and a symphony and, you know, street dudes not wanting to deal with a violin. Uh, and somehow they, they put this just incredible double disc LP. I mean, just it's it was insane. Uh, and when people talk about the 90s, right, like, like you probably feel that, Brendan, like it's automatically it's automatically grunge, right? Like it's like you say '90s music, and most people, not you, Brenda, but like a lot of people, like first thing they start talking about is like grunge music and all that. But even more so in the hip hop space, like group, you know, groups like Wu Tang, Tribe Called Quest, not like the '90s is when like that shit really grew up, and it just doesn't get enough. And so I think the ever you know every fifth song on your playlist should have been a Wu Tang song. That's on so, I would. I'm not so disagreeing. Hold on a second, Brendan. Brendan, yeah. you can come to my family. Joshua. What is the name of Brendan's playlist? Uh, that I, I cannot. I don't know the name. I don't even know the name of songs. Called Brendan. I don't think of a name of the name of a playlist. Brendan's '90s rock mix. It is I, Brendan's. I I explain no because nope. I missed, did. You missed the operative word there. Rock. I, I see. I, I did. Yeah, I take. I, I take. I take with, with that. I omitted Wu Tang uh, by design, um, not out of spite for Wu Tang, but because they just didn't have a place on this particular playlist, right? Because it, it was for rock. I take umbrage with the word rock because there are. I mean, hip hop groups are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Rock is a mindset, not a musical genre. In my, my in my. God. It's a social construct. <laughs> yeah. So Brent, I guess the real question is, why didn't you have friends in low places on the nineties rock? <laughs> you know, I should slip some uh, Chris Gaines in there. Uh, so now that I got all my, my little shit that's been weighing me down over the days. Hi fellas. How are you doing? Good. I'm doing good. Doing good. Enjoyed the spring so, game. I, um, I think that you should get free tickets to the Tennessee State game if you if you sat through physically sat through the second half of the spring game. Oh, uh, that looked miserable. That looked miserable. That was like uh, I was trying to think of like I, I bring up 2007 Duke a lot, but that's like that's quintessential 2007 Duke right there. You know, 2007 Duke for me because I was without, like, without the joy of Tommy Spikowski under center. Was not not as painful as 2008 Syracuse. 2008 Syracuse was colder and also less fun because they lost as opposed to we're a shitty team that won. And and it was Syracuse too, right? Um, which I think doubled yeah, every, it for you. Everything about that was fine, would be fine with me, but the law lo- the the, yeah, the loss like cold's great, cold's great, snow's great. Think- I think uh, if you were if you were to survey our our listeners, probably anyone who went to 2013 BYU or 1991 Navy, I think is the other one that everyone talks about in terms of just just absolute just nightmare in terms cold. of being in the stadium and just being miserable. Yeah, well, it's because you don't you're you're not you're not proper. You're not doing this shit right. 
Like Notre Dame fans show up, show up to the stadium. They all want to wear, they all have their outfit picked out. It's a bunch of bullshit. You all have these little outfits picked out and you want to make sure you're wearing this or that. Like you Definitely really need to shirt. take a page. You really need to take a page out of Green Bay's book. Like give zero Fs. Your alternate color is Carhartt and enjoy <laughs> the football game. Yeah, but it's hard like, to enjoy the football like, game. Like, Green, when Green Bay's alternate alternate uniforms could be Carhartt brown and Hunter orange. You know what I mean? So you're saying that when Notre Dame goes to Lambeau, since they already used the Lambeau jerseys for Chicago, it should just be like Carhartt overalls? Yeah, and I'm telling you right now, anybody out there that, that does uh, does uniform uh, mock-ups, <clears throat> there's a couple of you that I know. I want to see the, I want to see the Carhartt hunting uh, mock-ups for the alternate uniforms for Notre Dame for that game. Dude, that's, then, the only thing that, that's the only and, thing that could work. And bonus points if if you draw little lines to each design element and then explain it in some way. <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. Like the, the yeah. Notre Dame middle class ethos of the 1920s is embodied <laughs> by this Carhartt color, you know. This corduroy collar is symbolic yeah. of the collar of the of the uh was it St. Francis of CC? The oh the, the it embodies the Franciscans, like blah blah blah. Uh, right, because the Franciscans are the Browns, right? Dominicans are the Blacks. Yeah. 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 And the Jesuits are just devils in disguise. Oh. Oh shoot. Well, yeah. So spring game happened. Lots of things happened. But before we get to anything else, I got some reviews, fellas. Ooh. All right. Hit me with it. All right. Just remind everybody, get on over to Apple Podcasts, leave that rating, leave a review, any review that you leave. We will read word for word on the next Earn Five Star Podcast. Um, and I'm not even going to pretend to ask Brendan to tell me what kind of look we're looking for. We all know. We all know. Oh, we saw uh, it firsthand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we need uh, – so we got here from GBank5. says, Echo the Dog Earned Five Star. Seven-time five-star reviewer. <laughs> First with a new name. Recently had to put our dog Echo down after a seri- series of health problems. Her name was already Echo as a pup, and as a Notre Dame fan, it just felt fitting. She was there through the highs and the lows, and as I watched Irish football, always by my side. The night she passed, I listened to my favorite annual tradition, the Villains Pod, and felt like my OFD friends were right there talking me through it. Thanks for all that you guys do, and keep up the great work. Josh, give Bo an extra pet for me. Much love. Go Irish. Aw. That's fantastic. Yeah. And Bo doesn't deserve an extra pet tonight. Uh, I won't go into detail, but. No, no. He's, he's been a rotten boy. And I think we grew up, we're about uh, two weeks away from adding another one, from adding Frank. Frank the Wiener Dog. Frank. Obviously named after Frank, Frank Solich, right? Frank Leahy the Dick. Oh. <laughs> like I would just wonder if like uh if he's this dog's gonna be running around barking at people and the barks actually mean give me ten Hail Marys. So uh, next one here from five stars from T S V says podcast guest Lisa Kelly. This five star rating will be reduced to one star unless she appears on a future podcast. Also, Frozen Home Run in Pizza is third at best. Just saying. Jesus, God, dude. Wow. Uh, 
Well, that is a terrible pizza take, uh, by the way, and I don't take kindly to to ultimatums. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I imagine we'll get Lisa on sometime in the summer. I mean, I was already in, already planning things to expand your guys' podcast uh, experience with us uh, during the off season. Um, just FYI, uh, talking about uh, bringing Ryan Danny back on. Um, and really, that's it. That was the one name I thought of uh, while I was doing this. But uh, yeah, we're gonna. I'm gonna get some. I mean, that, that's a pretty big fan of Lisa to to say like of all the oh, people God, that yeah. he'd, he'd like to have as a podcast son. He's 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 stumping for Lisa. I mean, that's cool that he feels so strongly about that. There is no more. Uh, she's the only writer I have that I guarantee that I know for a fact is going to have her assignment turned in on time every week. <laughs> <laughs> so uh she is uh she is definitely uh on time uh but yeah I'm, yeah we'll get her on we'll get her on just hold off on that uh on that one star droppage there chief uh last one here from sleep number 500 mm-hmm. uh, five stars home run in i've been a loyal follower of the pod since the wesson martin days since Josh and the boys took over, I've heard this tale of this frozen pizza. However, until my most recent trip to Wegmans, Home Run Inn was not available anywhere here in western New York. Being that Josh is such a cunning linguist, I knew I had to try it based on his reviews. I'll admit that it was pretty good. Keep up the great work, and like Kramer at the dentist, let the expletives fly. Although I recently had to stop listening when my daughter is in the car She's now six and actually pays attention to stuff now. Boo her, Patty G. Uh, yeah, boo. Fuck them kids. Boo kids. <laughs> <laughs> as, as we open the pod with a story about, hey, don't yell at kids. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. I remember. No one ever, uh, ever said I was a simple person. I remember uh, our buddy Greg chastised us one time, and he's like. He's like, look, I'm cool with the swearing, but can we uh, ixnay on the uh, certain references to the uh, to a certain person not being real? And I was like, oh, oh, right. He's like, yeah, listen with my kids. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that's that's not me. I, that was me. That's I, funny. I, I think it's funny that he was yeah. like, I'm willing to endure the swearing, but I draw the line. Yeah, which which proves my which proves my point entirely. It doesn't matter. Words are just words. They have no. They don't care. It doesn't matter. Well, and it, you know, I, I don't know how they run in in, in Brendan's house, but I'm, I'm guessing in Joshua's house because there's because between him and his wife, there's probably a fair amount of swearing that that happens just naturally. She um, she would take offense to that. Oh, okay. she'd be wrong, but she take. But she <laughs> take offense All right. Well, here's how we run in our house, which is, you know, Daddy has words that come out of his mouth every once in a while that are not appropriate. Uh, certainly not appropriate to be repeated at school. But having said that, um, you know, you're, you're welcome to call daddy out for, for his words. And, uh, you know, and if you, <coughs> if you say them, I'd much rather you say them at, at our house than say them at school, because at our house, I can just kind of give you a look like, come on, man. But at school, uh, we're going to have, that's going to be a, a totally separate issue, you know? So don't bring my, don't bring my bad habits to your, uh, to your elementary school, you know, but I'm I not, not going to pretend like I, got, I, 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 I my, my feeling is like, you know, and again, like it's the same, it's the same thing with like, 
you know, um, nuts or balls or, you know, some sort of thing or whatever. It's like, you know, I'm not going to pretend like these words are like, don't, don't talk about people's private parts and, and all of a sudden becomes taboo or whatever. Right. Like I want it to be this thing where we can have fun and, and say, you know, balls every once in a while and, and make everybody laugh, um, without us saying balls every five seconds. Right. Your son, your sons, if they get, if they get hit in the nuts, they're not going to say, testicles when they're like oh my dad my nuts dad my balls yeah i mean fran fran is always about like oh let's say testicles or whatever i'm like but nobody uses testicles like let's just say nuts you know you're forcing a lot there yeah and that's that's i mean that's a lot that's a lot of syllables to say after you got hit in the nuts right and 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 she she was up she was kind of not cross but kind of just kind of gave me a look the other day because you know the boys are now required to wear cups when they're when they're sparring at taekwondo, which I think is a really smart you know play or whatever, right? Oh yeah. And oh, yeah. Um, and they're like, oh, these are really uncomfortable, and I'm like, you know, it's uncomfortable getting hit in the nuts, you know. And and Fran kind of gave me a look or whatever. I was like, what? And she's like, can we say testicles? I'm like, no, I don't really think no. we can. I mean, because I think I think guys, boys use nuts, you know. Balls, this, nuts. This sack, is the part of fa- nards. This is the part of fatherhood where you have to stand your ground. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, and it's not, it's okay. They just they they just don't know they're women. It's like I, I don't know what they're talking about. Sometimes I have to leave it to that. Like, you say the things that I don't understand because <laughs> I'm not a woman. You know, go ahead. But uh, yeah, they just they they just gotta understand that you know dads know how to talk to their sons about uh, protecting the nuts. And I, and I told my son, cause he wants to sign up for baseball. I'm like, this is going to be no different in baseball. They're going to make you wear a cup in baseball too. So. Uh, maybe only if you're catching. Would you be, would you be forced to? Right. Oh, I, yeah. But, uh, but I mean, after I, I got, once you get to a certain level, they'll, they'll do it. I mean, maybe not, maybe not at 10 years old, but certainly when you get to high school. So. Yeah. I, you know, I never wore a cup, uh, all through high school. Like, it's just it's well. It's I think that uncomfortable. A lot about you. <laughs> hey, I hey, I still had three. I still put three kids into this world. <laughs> it just shows that Josh has the correct risk uh, assessment. He, <laughs> he assessed it and said, you know what? <laughs> yeah, it'll it'll be just fine. Now it's funny you're talking about taking it to school. <clears throat> well, I mean, this was like four years ago. Uh, I got called to the school for my son Ryan. He had, uh, he got, you know, took down to the, to the principal's office for saying fuck. And I was like, what, you know, what happened? So then the, the assistant principal or the principal, whoever, I can't remember what she was at the time was fucking, she was just dying laughing. Like she could barely get it out of her mouth because he's, he was such a mild mannered kid. I mean, still is, but he's like, this is like totally out of his like character. But what happened was, is that he had his flu shot the day before and he tense, he always tenses up on these shots. And so it, his arm was like twice the size it should be. It was killing him Well, he was standing in a line and he was irritated about going to school about it. Like he was, you know, didn't like it. Well, somebody like bumped into his arm and it was all hurting. And he, he just yells out fuck. And then realizing that everybody around him, teachers included heard it for some reason, he just decided just to go, Ah, fuck, 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 fuck. I just kept saying it over and over and over. money's worth. And so he switched it up when he got out of the office. She said he's been sitting there just shaking his head going, shit, shit, shit. 
And I'm just picking. So me and the principal are in her office, like dying, like I we were like rolling, laughing about all this while he's sitting out (laughs) outside in this chair, looking like the world's ending, you know. Anyways, this is is a funny dad moment, like of all things. And so he was supposed to go back to back to class, and I was just like. I was like, look, I was like, his arm's hurting. I'm just going to take him home. She's like, that's fine. And I went out there to like, hey, buddy. I'm like, tough day, huh? He's like, yeah. He's like, I'm, I'm like, don't even say it. I'm like, you just want to go home? He's like, yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah. It was like this whole world just lifted like that. Like, it's all good. Anyways, that just came to mind. Well, let's get into why we're here. <clears throat> there was a spring game on Saturday. And as Jude mentioned, uh, kudos to the people that stuck around. Uh, and as Brendan and I predicted, the gold team blasted blue 24 to nothing. Uh, guys, I think a lot of the commentary coming out of the blue goal game has been funny because everybody going into it is don't take anything away, too much away, don't get it. And now everybody wants to like retract that and say, that this means more than what they thought it was going into it because it was in the positive. Um, so what do you I, actually thought, I actually thought that Tyler Buckner had the greatest insight on this. He got interviewed by Carolyn Pineda in the, I think it was fourth quarter of the game or whatever. And she like, she did not ask him the question that I think everyone would have asked him, which is like, <laughs> how do you assess your performance today? Right. But he, he kind of alluded to it, which is like, he goes, you know, she said, I heard you talking to your offensive line. I saw you talking to your offensive line. What was that conversation about? And he said, I was just trying to keep the vibes up. I just was reminding them it's just a spring game. And I thought, damn right, man. It's just a spring game. Like, let's not let's not get crazy here, you know? Yeah, but I think everybody is. Brendan, has everybody, everybody has gone crazy, though, right? Uh, no, 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 no. I don't know if crazy is the right word for it. But I think that a lot of us, there was some tempered expectations surrounding Sam Hartman with practice reports throughout the spring. Um, you know, that what was it? The first practice reports we got in this in this, you know, I've been razzing you in the DMs because you've never been a, a believer that this is a QB battle. But they're like, you know, <laughs> never Tyler Buckner, tight. Tyler. They kept saying tight, right? Tyler Buckner looked that, better today. He looked crisper. And then uh, Pete I, I refuse to engage. Pete Sampson's oh, gone to the well consistently with the uh, this looks like a guy who's in his ninth practice, not his sixth year of eligibility. And that, that's that been his line, which it's a good line. It's a good one. But he used it. So, uh, he used it both on Irish Illustrated and on the the, the Shamrock <laughs> today. That's my favorite. One. That's my favorite part when he does that. When he gets down, it's like a, it, it sounds like an epiphany each time. And um, yeah, so I think what it did though, and what I think the, the big takeaway from it is, I think that the overreaction is that we can overreact now. Like a lot of people were like a little bit hesitant about Sam Hartman and him coming over and whether or not, you know, is this the the Notre Dame thing is for the guy to transfer to Notre Dame into regress, right? That that's just what we see in those early practice reports. It's like, uh, you know, Bohica bend over here. It comes again. This is Notre Dame's luck. We get a stud transfer quarterback. He comes to Notre Dame and he's no good. 
right, with the early practice reports. And then we watch what happens in the blue gold game where other than the, the pick that he should have thrown away, Sam Hartman was essentially perfect. So yeah, he was 13 to 16 for 189 yards, two touchdowns. He also ran in um, <laughs> a, a one yard touchdown. It's like you couldn't have, I mean, no. he honestly couldn't have sat here and, and wrote a cleaner script for the Sam Hartman experience. He, he, he was never sacked. And in this case, which means he was never touched. Um, obviously like the lines were split offensive line was split up. So it was a little, you know, it, it wasn't the normal experience, all that aside. And maybe the, even more so because of that, you know, for him to have such a clean, uh, performance is just like almost like transcendent. Like, and, 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 and like I, I say that like people are, are putting that into like God territory. Like, look, Sam Hartman coming in another name, whether you wanted to believe it or not, was already going to be a Heisman, um, you know, a Heisman candidate. And if you don't believe me, just go, you know, go look at like we've we've said before, go look at Vegas and how high they have him. Like this was a this was a thing. He was ne- this was never going to be a quarterback competition. That's why I never engaged in any of that nonsense. This was a huge deal for Notre Dame to get Sam Hartman. Huge fucking deal. And I think a lot of people kind of held off on that a little bit because, you know, no one wants to be disappointed. Uh, Brent, were you, did you say Sam Hartman threw an interception? Uh, near interception. I mean, it, it should have been picked. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. I mean, it, it, yeah, it should have been. Yeah. Should have been picked. So to, to see this performance, people are just like, like, their jaws dropped. This is, a, you know, we talk about spring game heroes of the past uh, faded to nothing. Like we know that's not going to be the case here. And so this is a, a real spring game MVP performance. You can go like, holy shit. And on top, you know, which is funny because I honestly, probably the best performance of the day may not even have been Sam Hartman. It might have been freshman wide receiver, Jaden Greathouse. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody named Jaden had a really yeah. good day. Uh, on Saturday. Yeah. yeah. And look, I, I've told people about Gray. Like I understood the, you know, everything else uh, about the other, other wide receivers and like Rico Flores had a really great uh, spring practice. He, you know, he was on the, he was on blue team. So he was, they were having a good day on that side of the ball, but Jaden Greathouse, his name was used as a verb by Peyton Bowen, by Jackson Arnold, uh, by their, Ryan, whatever his nuts uh, name was, uh, you know, they're all over there at, uh, you know, that school, they, that great house, great housed them. Like this is a, you're talking about a team full of, of elite D one talent guyer talking about Jaden great house at Westlake schooling them. He great housed us like and anyone that thought that he wasn't going to come in and compete like a boss, I think was, was missing was missing what everybody else, what other people will see, and especially his opponents. Uh, and so I think that's what's funny. Like Sam Hartman definitely is the talk of a of coming out of spring spring is how clean that performance was. But Jane Greathouse is like he's the guy. Like he's the guy that we may not maybe he catches four balls this year. Uh, <laughs> you know, but it had had the spring game of a lifetime. You know, who knows? But uh, but yeah, that was I just I thought that was awesome to watch and how many times he was targeted. Yeah, I think I think that's that's 
the, part of the impressive part of CM Hartman's performance is that when they were drafting teams, it looks like he took Jaden Thomas and then, you know, he was like, I got my wide receiver. And then if you look at the rest of the list, it was like, you know, Salerno and great house and like walk-ons. And it's like, what are you doing here? And I guess he knew what he was doing when he was building his, Hey, Matt Salerno got caught a touchdown pass. (laughs) Well, and that was the impressive part. One of the impressive parts about, um, uh, Hartman's performances, he didn't just do it one way, right? He did it. Like there was some RPO, um, he threw yeah. long. He threw there intermediary. He threw short. A moment where uh, I don't know if it was Kyle Rudolph, uh, who we left off of our uh, who's going to be in the booth. Uh, yeah, how do how uh, do we miss that uh, one? There, I don't think it was announced. Uh, someone said Kyle, 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 Kyle Ma- Yeah, it was. It was until after. Yeah, well, right. We were guessing. Yeah. We were guessing. Yeah, uh, Kyle McElnard Arnie was missing. Kyle McCarthy was missing. Yeah. Uh, so we could have had all the Kyles. Kyle, uh, uh, but. Uh, yeah, I think it was Rudolph was like, said. I think he almost thought the that the slow mesh was there for because he got a couple of handoffs. It did. It did look a little look like it was just like it did look like he was like the, the muscle memory was there for the slow mesh. Yeah, no, which I just that. thought was funny. Like you, you had to shake that out of him a little bit. I I still I still a couple of things right. One is that the the ninetieth game the ninetieth blue goal game was played in two thousand nineteen. The 2020, there was no 2020 blue goal game, but the 21st game should have been the 91st. The 20, the 19, the last year should have been the 92nd, but this year's was billed as the 92nd. They're still screwing this up. I don't even understand how they can't get this right. Um, well, according to Tim Priester, this isn't, this is the last blue goal game we're going to have. Oh, okay. And what he meant by that was, was that. I think moving forward, they're still going to have the, the blue gold game. Like it's still going to be it, but it's not going to be like this. It's going to be a more of a scrimmage practice, like a full on practice, like in front of people, kind of what Michigan was doing for a while. What's the difference? How does that look different? Like, I guess I think I, and this is the, this is what uh, I kind of got from that was like, kind of like the blue gold game was a waste of a practice and they want to put the work in. Now, I, I don't think understand. Priester wasn't like I think he was. I think he was just alluding to it, and I'm kind of spinning off of that. So I don't know how much of that is actually going to be the case moving forward. But this may so. But this may have been, um, at least for the short while. The I'd so I'd I love to hear what on, NBC uh, has to th- say about this. Right? No, they'll You're, still televise. Oh, people still they're still going to televise all of this, but it'll be more like a like a a scrimmage thing or something like, like Michigan was doing this for a few years and I thought it was lame as shit, but whatever. Anyways, that's not important. It's not there. We're not there yet. Uh, but, uh, anyways, <laughs> I, I, I guess I don't understand how it looks different. Well, because it'll just be like, it'll, they'll pull out situ- it won't be a game. It'll be situations like here. Now we're yeah. in goal line. Now we're doing that. Well, you know who the hell what I'm saying? Has to watch that? Like, well, I yeah, mean, you're, then you got, you know, you got ones versus ones, shit like that. Like, like the get real work in to have ones versus ones. Like, I think they, 
for some reason, like it doesn't hit that they just can't like put like first team O and second team D on. Like they don't want to go ones and twos. Like, I, I don't, I don't fucking know, man. Like you, you should do ones and ones and twos and twos. And they've done that before, but now they're doing the draft. Like they're making it a spectacle, more of a, a random spectacle themselves. Like you're the ones who set how you do the game. If you want to do one versus ones, you can go ahead and fucking do that. And if you got to keep the li- if you got to keep the line out there, and then sub in here and there so they don't die, so be it. But what? You know what I'm dying. The official announced yeah, attendance. Yeah, yeah, time. The official announced attendance was thirty-two thousand nine hundred forty-two, which there was seems, not. There was well, not seems 30, about thirty thousand more than actually were there. So the, I, that was the first thing Absolutely. Christy said to me when we were watching this game. Is she goes, there looks like there's that could have been us, and there looks like there's no one there. Yeah, there's two thousand miserable people sitting there, or three thousand miserable people. <laughs> um, so uh, here's my here's uh, be, you know before I talk about the play on the field the the I thought Kyle Rudolph came prepared. I thought he had um, he had some stories <coughs> from his time that he was he was alluding to that were good. They were like, hey, this reminds me of my time with the Vikings when we had a similar situation. That was all fine. My main problem with Kyle Rudolph was he literally never like he never went up or down in his voice. His voice was always just one level. And that was kind of weird because I think Tony Simeone, for all of his all of his, you know, uh, idiosyncrasies like he has a real good kind of announcer voice which is that he knows how to put uh, emphasis on things and he knows how to you know put a little lilt in his voice when he needs to but Kyle hasn't really Tony's a pro. pro so yeah um Kyle Hamilton love the guy I thought it was fun really really fun to watch him try to interview Marcus Freeman at the end of that game um <laughs> but he was he was tight I mean he was there was like a lot of like there was just a there was a, just an overall feeling of like watching him like you just felt like he was just holding all that energy in his body and like he didn't seem relaxed at all you know so I hope you have, you have home fire insurance probably the first time doing that in any kind of you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah um you know I I I understand like it's not gonna be great but um. Carolyn Pineda, she was fine. The funny thing to me was that Sam Hartman made a, I thought a pretty funny joke. I laughed. He said, this is much different than my first spring game in 1982. She like, didn't hear it or didn't pick up on it. And he said, that's a joke for all the people at home or whatever, which of course killed the joke because when you have to explain the joke, then it really just, then the joke's yeah. dead. Yeah. Then the yeah. joke's dead. Exactly. Sometimes, sometimes I've had explained jokes before. I thought it was I thought it was cheeky. And if he hadn't gone back to it, I think it would have it would have been kind of a little funny in joke for people that caught it. You know what I mean? So. But. Um, and Jelly looked like he didn't understand that he was going to get tackled. <laughs> <laughs> no, he did not he with the jersey. The really jersey. Pretty much drill him at one point because he like basically slowed uh, down. Like he thought the play was yeah, there. How many times? Yeah, he was. Uh, he was sacked. Uh, here. Four times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Getting to that. Jacobic pretty rough. Was never a good thing. No, it was a little rough too watching Kenny Minchie. Cause that was a little rough. And most, well, most of what I've heard, um, from multiple people was that Minchie was really kind of like ascending to get to that point past Angeli. Uh, and the blue goal game and look, it's the blue goal game. So just 
you can take for whatever it is that obviously didn't show that um, Angeli, you know, did show so, uh, something more than Minchie, but it wasn't like, mm, yeah, I, mean, I think my main reason for new, for new reasons today, there's, we, we need, we need, we need more from both. I was going to say my, my takeaway from the blue gold game in the context of watching it while knowing that Tyler Buckner has entered the transfer portal is that y'all better wrap Sam Hartman in bubble wrap because it gets, it gets dodgy as hell after, uh, after Hartman yeah. and, and Buckner, you know? So, so uh, like on the defensive side of the ball, they kept saying Alan Jelly's was last year was, you know, was one bad snap away from coming into the game. I thought, Oh God, what, what a scenario that would have been, you know? Right. Uh, I, so I want to talk about the defensive side of the ball for just a minute too. Uh, I, I thought, um, I honestly thought there wasn't a whole lot to take away defensively, other than the fact that some younger guys kind of showed themselves <laughs> to be capable and maybe guys that like maybe by mid season, in the fall, um, like you know, Nolan Ziegler, like he led all tacklers with ten. Like yeah, the guy just stuck his nose in. And uh, Marcus everywhere. called out Jalen Sneed for an exceptional performance too, which I think he was he was in he was in people's kitchen a lot. So yeah, yeah, which is which is great to see. And now that their linebacker depth is is, all, is thinning out, much like quarterback, uh, you know you're going to need that. And look, we need Jalen Sneed to develop into what we recruited him for right like he's a dynamic fast pass rusher a dynamic player out on the field uh defensively we need that so to see that he is developing um and again look he is still a freshman right like he'll be a he'll be a sophomore going into fall camp so i don't know i, I think people get this accelerated they get their time all wrong. Everything's so accelerated. Like if a guy didn't like become an all American, like, <laughs> like after a sophomore year or like they're flipping the fuck out and like, well, he redshirted his freshman year and this was his first year playing. Like he's got time to still be a really good player. Jalen Sneed was a guy. People were just kind of like, well, where's he been? Dude, he was a fucking freshman. Like, I mean, we, you really, people really need to recheck. Like not every not every freshman, blue chip or not, is going to like that is going to be a great player for you is going to show out in their first year. Uh, but to see him play well in the blue goal game was nice. Thought Xavier Watts did some nice things. Um, Jaden Osbury needs to hold on to the damn football and maybe he has a pick six. Um, you know, uh, you know who's bullying um, people. But he's on the put inside. himself in the right position. The guy who was bullying people on the inside and looked good in his transformation from uh, defensive end to defensive tackle was Tyson Ford. He, at the end of that game, he yes. was he was moving people around. He was getting doubled, and he was still making progress. I mean, he was he was a problem in the in the back half. Yeah, of that I, yeah. I think overall, and I think um, I don't know if it was O'Malley, uh, I don't know if it was Tyler James, I, or maybe it was just everybody. Like there was a lot of good. Like there was some good solid play by many many players on the team. Like they looked they looked like a better coach football team. Guys knew what to do. They just looked better all the way around. And I mean, it's kind of hard to compare, you know, in a, in what is a practice um, setting really still, but they looked, there were some good performances. I mean, there's guys along the offensive line. I mean, even Rocco Spindler, a guy that kind of people were leaving for dead lately, did some nice things. I still think Andrew Krasovic is going to, 
and um, you know he's going to take a guard spot as well as uh, what's his nuts from from the great state of Wisconsin. But I mean, it's you know I just I I, I am in agreement. I think guys, I think there's a lot of players that look like Jason Anye was awesome. Like we're used to, I, I'm used to Kurt Heinisch down there. Uh, and Jason Anya has got about seven inches on a Kurt Heinisch and that looks differently. And maybe, you know, that, that, that could be a big disruptor in the middle. Um, and I, I, I mean, I just, I mean, okay. This, the game did what I didn't think it was going to do. And it got me excited, more excited for the season than, than, uh, than I was planning. That makes sense. So you're without, not entering without, oh. the, you're, you're entering in to find the lost territory. I mean, I'm just, I'm not going to overhype what I saw from any player. It says save Sam Hartman, but I mean, it's just like, that's the Sam Hartman we expected also. Right. Like that wasn't like unexpected. It was just like, this is who we thought we were getting and we, we see it. So that makes me super happy. Uh, but like, yeah, I'm not going to like overhype at all, but I saw enough good things. It's, it's a contrast to last spring game where I was like, oh shit. This looks rough, you know, like the talk was Steve and freshman Steve Angeli, you know, winning the game of the head didn't do anything at all for me. This was a little different. This made me more like, all right, let's get into fall camp and let's really start putting these these depth charts together, these packages together. Um, I thought it was interesting to see um, uh, Jared Parker up in the booth and then and then down on the field. Um, well, they had uh, it was a little Parker and Gino, well, both of the booths sit next to each right, other. which I was like, there's no fucking there's no way there's absolutely no way. Um, by the way, was Tommy Rees kicked out of the booth in uh, Alabama? Was he and on the field for the entire? He was. I don't know if he was on the field for the entire game, but all of the pictures I've seen from the Alabama spring game is that Tommy Rees yeah. is on the field. And it's not unheralded. It's he shouldn't be in a tower as a play. Cop. <laughs> he should not. Uh, it's not unheralded because I believe Bill O'Brien was in the booth for Alabama when he was there. But I think as an NFL guy, you have a little bit more leeway for it. Or maybe it was just a spring uh, game thing. I don't know. You think Bill O'Brien's got a little more cachet with, with you know, than a Tommy Reese? I think Bill O'Brien's got a few more uh, a few more credentials. That's like <laughs> if your grandpa – listen, Bill O'Brien's like if your grandpa shows up to your house and, and drinks all your beer out of your fridge – it's your fucking, it's your fucking grandpa. It's fine. Like, it's, okay, Gramps. What? Uh, like your cousin? What kind of, well, if your cousin shows up and, and, and drinks you out, you're screwed. Like, <coughs> what, what, what are you doing? I, what What kind of odds would I need for you to take or to lay for you to take Tyler Buckner and will transfer to Alabama? <sighs> so well, yeah. So the difficult part about that is, is I mean, it's either going to be Tyler Van There's Dyke no or Tyler Buckner, right? Well, no, he's Josh. He's on a flight to Alabama and Auburn. He's hitting up the Alabama schools. Buckner is I going just, to one of those two schools unless he comes back to ND. Can I say something? Yeah, of course. It's going to be unpopular. If, if Tyler Buckner goes to Alabama, then Tyler – then Tyler Buckner and Tommy Rees probably deserve a statue at South Bend because they will single-handedly uh, just absolutely submarine the Alabama program. I don't. And I am here for that. And I mean, no disrespect. 
Uh, I'm still always a Tommy Reese backer. And I mean, no disrespect to Tyler Buckner, who has just had one bad break after another. But I mean, seriously, like out, this is Ala fucking Bama. And yeah. you took Tommy Reese as your OC. If you would take Tyler Buckner as a quarterback, I'm not sure. Tyler not sure Buckner wasn't, just, wasn't even Tommy Reese's first choice to play quarterback at Notre Dame for 2023. Yeah, he was. They, they chose. Well, no, for 2023. He chose Buckner over McCarthy. Well, no, 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 no. I'm yeah for for 2023 because I'm saying that like going into this year, Tommy Reese went to the transfer portal and got Sam Hartman. Right, because he wasn't satisfied with what he had. Yeah, yeah, as he should be. I mean, or maybe that wasn't the case. Maybe that was. Maybe right. Tommy was, and Marcus was like, "No, dog, uh, no." So, but at anyways, I like. I mean, no disrespect, but that would be a massive swing in a different direction than I would think the Alabama program would be or should be. You know what I mean? I think, well, here's the thing though, is I think it, it also speaks to, and then they the win the issues. national championship and then I'm just standing here <laughs> with my dick in the wind. <laughs> it also speaks to the issues that Alabama is currently, you know, facing in the, I mean, their quarterback room, um, they didn't have a great spring with their quarterback room, they decided to roll the dice and go youth. Um, so I, I I don't know Well, we, I guess we'll see. Let's, let's fast forward then. So, uh, we'll get to, we'll get to, let's get to the transfer portal guys real quick. Okay. So Tyler Buckner decides to enter the transfer portal. Uh, I thought it was a little bit of a shock. I wouldn't say shock. I was a little surprised that he did it. Um, because, and my main reason is that's rough for a quarterback of all positions to transfer somewhere after a spring. Cause it's now you have to go wherever you're going. It's either, you need to go somewhere where there's a guaranteed spot yeah. for you. And that might be a bad team or, I mean, I mean, that's really it. Unless, I mean, I, or you're just going somewhere closer to home and don't care. And I, I just feel like the, like his he will have options Like people keep saying, well, he'll have options. Yeah. He'll have options, but how good are those options? Like Jude, like with Jude single Jude would go to the club and he'd had options, but did he have Heidi Klum options? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I mean, it's, just, uh-huh. it's, it, it, it's a, it's a tougher situation than like a running back, right? I, like it's, it's totally different. I think, I think if you, I, I was just, I was in the car this today, this afternoon, kind of thinking this through. And, you know, when you, when you put like, you know, I appreciate Marcus Freeman for letting me like go explore my options or whatever. You have one foot out the door. When you, when you come back, isn't that awkward? Isn't that a little awkward? I don't think, I don't think so in this day and age. Okay. I think it's, I think in this day and age, I think the players, everyone's like, go get your bag, whatever. Yeah. I think, I think they more or less have each other's like, as you become friends, everyone just wants everyone to be successful. Obviously they want to do it together. Right. But I think that, I think there's a maturity and a, uh, there's a business like approach from these players, from the freshmen on up to the, to the grad seniors that they understand like, all right, you want more of an opportunity Sam's our guy. That's why that's my starting quarterback right there. And since you play quarterback, you're in a, you're in a tough spot. I get it. If you want to go, I mean, that's why, you know, there wasn't a lot of hard feelings. There wasn't any hard feelings about drew pine 
you know, Bolton. And I called Drew Pine a quitter because he, he quit. He's a season, goddamn. It wasn't like he was the end of the year and you had no other games to play. You had another game to play and he quit. But this is a different this is a different situation altogether. And I think guys would have his back on that for the most part. Um, but the other thing is, like, the, the every single day that you are in the transfer portal, you're not at practice, right? Well, and practice so, it out. Well, they're not really at practice now. Okay. I guess there's a weight room. But, well, and I guess that's sort of the interesting thing about waiting toward, toward spring, and maybe that's why they floated the idea that there was a uh, quarterback, quote-unquote, battle going into the spring is because they wanted to keep him engaged as long as possible throughout right. the spring. Maybe they could get him to, to stick around. But now if you're Tyler Buckner, like you had mentioned uh, you know, at the, the start of this conversation, so let's say that he does go to Alabama, and the two other quarterbacks who are competing for the job – already have a spring up on him. So he's got to come in and I guess he, he has some familiarity. But he doesn't have to learn office. anything new. Yeah. He doesn't have to learn anything new. Well, or, or maybe, of, but that would assume that would assume that Tommy Reese didn't change any of the verbiage or any of the stuff for the transfer over to Alabama. I mean, there's still going to be some acclimation. He doesn't have any, but I think the major, the major obstacles of like, it's not like him going to Auburn. I don't know. Auburn's the other like school. Well, yes. Auburn's the other school that 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 he's going to be, um, you know, flirting with. So, right. uh, I mean, yeah, if he goes to Auburn, I mean, you're you're you don't know anything, and you're coming in, and if you don't win the job, then you may as well have just stayed at Notre Dame because you're going to probably be in line to win the job in 24. Almost. And that's, I guess, that's my that's my bigger point here too is like. It, I've said it many times on this program. Like Tyler Buckner is not a, Tyler Buckner is not going to be a, a first or a fourth round NFL draft pick at quarterback. Like it's just he's not shown like that at all. But it doesn't mean you can't be a really good college quarterback. I don't know. Maybe you do end up working your way up in the draft pick. I don't know. Maybe I maybe I'm full of shit. But I mean, what I'm saying, like he has two, even this year, if he's behind Sam Hartman, you have two full years of eligibility after that to be the head man in, in for decades and decades of decades, getting a chance to be the, the main man, the starter as an upperclassman for two years was kind of like business as usual. That's how solid programs were ran. You could go back to like a guy wasn't ready till he was a redshirt junior. Like Bobby Bowden would say that like over and over and over again. Like a redshirt junior is what you want. You know, give these guys their last you know two years of eligibility as their starter. That's that's prime time for for your college quarterback. And they and essentially Bucker would have that lined up. You know, you you got you know Minchie and Angeli behind you. Assuming one of those guys would would transfer after um, after next year, anyways. Uh, and then CJ Carr coming in you know, as a right. freshman, but, but you would have the ultimate leg up. I, I couldn't see, I honestly can't, couldn't see any, you know, Minchie, Angeli or Carr beating Buckner out, you know, in 24 or in 25. Not, so, not, not, uh, not unless it was insane. Not unless Carr came definitely, in. Definitely not, definitely not 24. Maybe no. twenty five. I mean, we but saw. I don't know if did you, did you catch any of the the reports of Arch Manning and his uh, spring spring game debut oh, there buddy. in Texas. Oh, buddy. So anybody yeah, looking you know, for a, a, a true freshman to come in and just like take the reins? But, uh, but that, <laughs> we we knew that we knew the Arch Manning hype was 
No, nah, he's a recruiting tool. I mean, I, I that that was my thing for him. Yeah. Is he was a recruiting like, tool. He had a playoff line. He had a playoff game where he was like six of eighteen for forty-four yards and two interceptions. This is that is not a fucking five-star, like all-world, one of the top five quarterbacks of the last thirty years line. Like they fucking have him. I well, don't did, care who didn't you. Tyler, didn't Tyler Buckner have similar? Like, oh no, it wasn't, it was, it was uh, Carr. It was CJ Carr, right? Who had yeah, similar, uh... but we're not, but see, but CJ Carr is not talked about in that same, no, absolutely true. He is not considered as an elite of the elite. The only thing that say that was saving Arch Manning throughout the entire recruiting process with these kind of like games that were a little crappy is everybody gave him the benefit of doubt because of his last name. And I, you feel bad for, I feel bad for him in a way because you know, I think it's a terrible thing to do somebody to like expect more out of them just because of their last name. And that seems to me, that seems to be the case. And he, and in the spring game, it was just a spring game. People should not take too much into it, but he looked fucking lost. Like did not belong out there at all. Have you been like, I I'm not giving the spring games my full attention, but I'm, I'm going to bed at night and usually my play, my, my, my play is, is I, I put on food network almost all nights. I come in to bed, I lay down, I put on food network and that's, that's my play. Uh, but lately I've been, I've been putting on the spring games of random teams and I'm not taking them in a whole lot, but I did take oh, in. That's dangerous. That's dangerous. I, Brendan. I have taken in, I did take in about 15 minutes of the Texas spring game and it was worse than you think it was. Like, <laughs> I, I, I mean, it, as a recruiting tool, he was extremely effective in building Texas as a recruiting class. And the jury's not out, and he is a Manning. And yes. the, the intangibles that he offers are certainly as he is in a system. That we, and That we think he offers. That we think he offers. We don't know. That, that's we fair. don't know. But um, <laughs> it was not great. <laughs> and, I, you know, I... I I have to laugh because, you know, they will, they will, uh, I, I just like that it's Texas. I like that it's, that it's Sark. And then if it doesn't work, it will, it will bring me joy, even though I do enjoy the Mannings very much. And Jude must love the Mannings because a Manning gave him two very wonderful Sundays. Maybe two of the most enjoyable Sundays of Jude's sports watching life of the last 30 years. Is that fair to say, Jude? That Manning gave you uh, the the nicest sports watching day um, twice. I mean, the the yeah. two top sports watching days of your last 30 years. You know, look, I think the uh, beyond the fact that it was a Super Bowl win for my for my favorite, fo- you know, professional football team, the one I've been rooting for since I've been since I was little. Who they was beat? the fact was the fact that my that my father, my uncle, my cousin and my wife were all in the same room, like just together watching that game. And and and, and that's what Eli Manning gave to me, you know. And David Tyree, right? And David Tyree. And Michael Burris. And David Tyree. Yeah. But yeah, I just... And Giselle Bündchen. And Giselle. Can't uh, can't forget her My husband can't fucking throw and catch the ball. (laughs) He cannot do both. I mean, who could? (laughs) 
Who, who could? Well, who could remain her husband either, right? Mm. Seemed like you couldn't even do that. <laughs> you, are you calling somebody out? No, I think I think their divorce is well their uh, their split is well known, right? Well, it's well known, but I mean, kick a you know kick a man while he's down, Jude. Oh, okay. He's got a son that he can French kiss whenever he needs to. I mean, Ooh. but don't, I mean, don't worry if you're, if you're kicking Tom Brady while he's down, trust me, a ref somewhere in the tri-state area is going to know about <laughs> we'll it. Throw flag and they'll make a new rule. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. Um, all right. So let's, let's talk about, uh, we had another, we had another transfer portal entry and that was linebacker Prince Collie. Um, just can never I mean, look the beautiful Prince gave us the block, butt touchdown against Clemson, uh, which will live in an Irish lore forever, but just could never find his way onto the field. And I, this is one of those moves that kind of sh- shows the ass of a lot of Notre Dame fans out there because it's, he can't find that he can't, he can't get, he can't earn the playing time. And so somehow that's Maris Leofile's fault, JD Bertrand's fault, Jack Kaiser's fault. Uh, and the people are mad about that because they're better than him. I, I just, I don't get that. I don't get I don't it. Understand. Like how can, how can they like, be better when like they he's weren't. not better than them, but and you're mad about that. Like, how does that work? Like, I, I, that's what I don't understand is how are they, how is he better than them when he's not that's what i don't understand like what is al golden's uh what is al golden's angle here right like uh, who recruited none this, of these guys none of he these has guys, no lo- right. he has none he has none of that re- recruiting loyalty that sh- that does exist it does but i mean right. shit but all of that on recruiting our, all of our that third recruiting DC loyalty, in the last four years all of that recruiting loyalty exists in in tennessee Right. Yeah. All of that is in, is in all Nashville. Uh, every ounce of that. Which so likely we're, we're going to end up, which is perfectly fine as a Tennessee native. It's perfectly fine. But like oh, all yeah. of that loyalty is there. So, so I guess I, I, what, what I don't understand in what, what, like it's healthy for your, your players that aren't good enough to beat out the incumbents to move onward for a player that that that's going to come up and then replace them. So they've already recruited over him is, is what I'm saying. Like Zinter and, um, you know, Bowden and uh, Speed Ziegler, Ziegler, right. The, 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 these are all guys that they've, they've recruited over him. And he, he knows that, that he's getting passed up on the depth chart. So you got to you got to get while the getting's good, right? I mean, he doesn't see an avenue, and that's fine. And it's the same thing with yeah, with, I, with Buckner moving onward. It's that's fine too, because he knows that that there you know cars coming up, and they have Minchie, and maybe he just sees that the writing's on the wall. Because I I guess it, for me at this point, I'm tired of being gaslit about quarterback stuff. Like I've seen Tyler Buckner play, and I saw him lose to Marshall 
and I saw the second half against Ohio State. And yeah, I saw the Gator Bowl, but I also saw the picks that were there against the Gator against a, a South Carolina team that didn't have any of their cornerbacks. Right? They all were all transferred and getting ready for the draft and whatnot. I like. I've. I'm tired of being gaslit about that sort of thing. Like my eyes tell me that like maybe it was time for him to move on and that's, that's healthy. It's not like our starters are leaving us. Right. Which is, which would, would not be a great thing. Right. So I, I, said, I, guess, I think it's a situation and, and Jude, you correct, please correct me if I'm wrong. Cause I think I could be in this case, but maybe I'm not. It's just a situation where, Fan expectations of players based on recruiting rankings plus like just like this loyalty vibe that like isn't isn't you know Notre Dame is not exclusive in this you know many programs run this way but like people really believe like these guys should be better and that it wasn't just a mistake like the recruiting ranking like everyone wanted Tyler Buckner to be Great, like right when he was recruited, we were like we were we were arguing about oh. should they should he have a fifth star? Yeah, and you know so it's all this all this stuff, and so when they get there, you, your expectations like he should be here, and you know what? Maybe he's not there yet. Everybody's you know journey and development is different, and you know maybe if he went somewhere else, maybe it would have been worked out differently for him. But it's just like you're right. I don't need gaslit on it. Like he wasn't good enough, and I and I've said this for months. He was not going to beat out Sam Hartman. Calling a competition was the dumbest thing. I, I understand the coach is saying it. We can't say that. I just feel dumb saying it. Like, it's stupid to say it. But it's just so like, where is his place at an ND? And if it, it's a better place somewhere else, that's fine. Uh, but then you'll have these fans that are just like flipping out. Like, what is going on in ND? Why are these players leaving? Right. Or, like, are, like, this is just football, man. This is – and even before – even before NIL, even before the transfer portal like hit this hard, there was a lot of these types of moves from quarterbacks. There is only so much playing time available uh, at the quarterback position. And so sometimes that shit, and you know, trust me, he would have found a way to get a waiver in <laughs> for, for some sick relative uh, down in Tuscaloosa. Uh, but I don't know, man, this is the whole thing is just like, I want to say it's it's gross. It's kind of gross because I mean, the way that the way that it's handled by the by the fandom, and you know, and in a lot of ways by you know media members, like the way you you put this person on a pedestal, knowing goddamn well that he was just not it, and it, which is fine. Like it's it's okay for the guy not to be it right then and there. He could be it later down the road, but he still needs to develop. And it's not, a, it's not like the end of the world. If he didn't develop right away yeah. in the first two years of his time on campus. And, and for him, I think that the, the thing that I, I, I feel sort of gaslit about it with, with the, the, the hype is just like, you know, he's got these intangible, uh, you know, intangibles and whatnot, but like the, the, the ability to read a defense and to to make the right plays with it and that like a lot of his success came when he was like sandboxing. And a lot of that has to go into the fact that the poor kid was robbed of his senior year of high school and that he also had yeah. an injury and he also had an injury the year he was going to be the starter at Notre Dame. And 
like injury and COVID robbed this kid essentially of three years of football. Uh, how many right. games started has he actually had in his life above, you know, you know, at the high school and college level? Is it? We see it all. 15? We see it, we see it all, it, all 14, over the country. Fifteen, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, but especially for him because of the injury as well, where it's just compounded. You know, the the fact of it of his lack of, you know. I mean, you you gotta you gotta wonder if if he would if he would have been able he transferred. Uh, you know, to, was that Helix High School in, yeah, in to San get Diego? That competition. Yeah. yeah, to get that better, you, you gotta you gotta wonder if he would have been able to play that final year. Like, would that have made him how much how much further along in his development would he have been? And I think, I, and I think it might he, help. Yeah, it yeah, I think a lot. I, I mean, personally, I believe that that's the time where it, that's especially your your senior year. Like you've been playing, you've been playing this kids. You could run around like nothing. You're good. He is a talented football player and deserves to play at a FBS power five school. He does. He is that, he is that level of player, but that last senior year that was robbed of him, he needed that to like, make sure that he was going to be on that level to compete for that in college. And that wasn't there. And he has been playing catch up ever since. Maybe he gets, maybe Maybe come August, wherever he's at, maybe it all has just came together, and he's able to put together uh, the type of type of um, you know body work out on the field that we all expected. I don't know. So maybe this is the best thing. Maybe this is the best possible thing in the world for him is to just move on and to like kind of reset because everything was like jilted anyways. Nothing but love for you, Tyler. I'm honest. So, I mean, how, mu- how much of the reset, how much of the reset do you think needs to, to come from like, if he goes to Alabama, that's not much of a reset, right? Do you, do you think the better play is for him to go somewhere oh, I, like an Auburn or, or is Alabama no, the right no. play? Cause I think the expectations at Alabama are going to be, uh, large. Is is it fair to say that, 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 that expectations at Alabama, I think it's the opposite. I think I, I think maybe the opposite. Like, I don't know. Like I, I, you can make an argument on either side of it, but I think of, just because you're resetting doesn't mean you have to start fresh. Like doesn't mean you have to like. That's true. Like go 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 back to factory reset, right? Like resetting just means I maybe I need to shut this thing off and turn it back on. I don't need to wipe out everything. And so I think in that sense, like for his development. Maybe that maybe the familiarity is oh. absolutely needed just to keep it. Yeah. So he doesn't have to keep like he can keep work. He can work on the other things he needs to work on. This other stuff is just already it's already there. But at ND it was just is different. You know, you do new offensive coordinator, new quarterbacks coach, like like you know new new things all the way around. Plus you're dealing with a guy who's light years better than you. You're not going to see the field. He just needed something. I think it'd be worse at Auburn. I think the expectations actually for Tyler Buckner will be greater. Yeah, greater at Auburn than at, than at Alabama. In fact, I think if he if he would commit if he goes to Alabama, let's just say for example, say he goes to Alabama, there's going to be fan backlash over that. People are going to flip the fuck out yes, that the will. OC and quarterback from an eight from an eight and four Notre Dame team that they have no respect for is now there. Like there. 
the fans are not going to like that. And that's going to spill out into the media, into the questioning with Saban. Saban's going to have be all cankerous in, in press conferences, like even more so than he is. And for a player, he's going to hear that. He's going to feel that. And, you know, that's not a cool, that's not a cool, fun vibe. Um, but if he does well, you know, that could be like an ultimate boost. Like you're the new guy. That's, that's awesome. Like Sam Hartman right now is a God on Notre Dame's campus. Right. Like until, <laughs> until that first fumble against uh Navy that makes a close game in the fourth quarter. Don't you put that evil God. on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> he, is, he is God. Oh, shoot. Um, all right. So let's kind of like wrap up the spring game here and, and the, the transfer portal stuff. So like Jude, I mean, give me your, give me your two biggest takeaways from the spring game. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. And and give me your and give me one player that maybe we haven't mentioned yet that that, that you want to just uh, spotlight for a second. And then Jude want, or Brendan, I want you to do the same after. Um, well, I think my two biggest takeaways I probably already mentioned. The first one is that you ought to put Sam Hartman in bubble wrap because this season <laughs> is going to go weird uh, quickly if if you don't have Hartman and and Buckner on the team. Right. And I, I, I don't assume anything when it comes to Buckner. Um, I think there is a path for him to come back to, to Notre Dame, but I also think that, um, you know, there is, uh, there's an opportunity there. I think more with Auburn than there is with Alabama. Cause I think Auburn runs an offense that's more as, akin to what Tyler Buckner does well. Yeah, um, that's true. So, 
my second takeaway is that, <coughs> um, that, uh, well, I guess my second takeaway is probably everybody else's first takeaway, which is that, um, Jane Greathouse is a, is a, uh, a nice, uh, revelation and, you know, I know there's a name we 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 shall never evoke on this podcast, but let me just say that I'm very hopeful that this can translate into um, something that I thought that I was going to get from Lorenzo Styles after I watched him in the USC game, uh, and not so much uh, just a something that gets me hype. Like, actually, I won't even I won't even add the other name. Corey Holmes is a is a guy who. Uh, <laughs> who had a great spring game one time. And, um, I, t- I took, I extrapolated a lot out of that st- spring. Who, game. who is the, the official fan club president of the Corey Holmes? Uh, uh that would be me. Oh, okay. Just check him. Yeah. So Corey's thriving. He not in, not in football, but, uh, um, so yeah, so I just, it, I enjoyed watching him, uh, get himself open and, and no matter who the quarterback was, it seemed like he was always a target for them. So, that was great. And then, um, you know, hard to mention a player that hasn't already been mentioned, uh, because I think, um, yeah, Anya got mentioned by, by Joshua. So, yeah. uh, Osbury with the, oh, almost with the pick, we mentioned that. I mean, there's a lot of people that got mentioned in this, in this podcast so far. So uh, we are a thorough podcast. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I liked, uh, I like Payne, the uh, sophomore running yeah, back. That's uh, what I was going to take. Yeah, I thought he ran. Uh, I thought he ran well, and uh, it's good to see him out there sporting the Larry Keys number. So, is it very good? Very good. Uh, Brennan, same question. Two biggest takeaways, and then, uh, and then a guy that uh, maybe we haven't talked about yet. Um, so I know the I know the offensive line was shuffled up. Um, for the most part, but I think one of the bigger takeaways that I had uh, for this game is I was impressed with the pass rush. Um, this was something of a concern of everybody's going into the spring is how was the pass rush going to look? And um, even in a vanilla aspect, Joe Halt got beat. Uh, that's notable. Um, Tyler Buckner, you know, some of his foibles could have been, you know, because of the pass rush and, this is this is something that if if the corners are going to be what the, we think that the corners are going to be, if Notre Dame can couple those corners with a, a serviceable to above average pass rush, we are going to be cooking on defense this year. So um, that was something one of my takeaways was that I, I, I was more pleasantly surprised with the pass rush than I kind of expected going into the day. Um, and then the other, the other thing that, that I think that I'm a uh, big takeaway for it is that um, Sam Hartman for the first time in forever, we finally got a Prince that was promised. I mean, that's the easy layup take for it, but we've craved a Prince that was promised at this, the, at this university for a long time. And it looks like we're going to have supreme competence and skill and uh, nuance at the quarterback position since seemingly, I don't know, Jimmy Clausen. Right? Like he's 
probably going to operate as one of the five to 10 best quarterbacks in all of college football, all of college football, which is not something we can say about even like Deshaun Kaiser in 2015. You can't say that he was one of the five best quarterbacks that year. I mean, I guess you could make that argument, but I mean, he, he wasn't. So, and, and the hope was that the 2016, he could have been that guy, but you know, say la vie. Right. But so, yeah, my, my two biggest takeaways is, and I guess for the quarterback position, every, every team is, is like, what if, what if, um, you know, George had lost Stetson Bennett or whatever, um, you know, every, every team's one shot away. And, and I, and I always, I, I think that, um, the, the, we like to say like, you know, cause we, we saw it last year, right. Tyler Buckner got shot, uh, and, and we were down to Drew Pine and, um, you know, to, to Jude's point with the, like the, we're one shot away. Um, I'm not sure if it could be worse than last year. <laughs> I mean, I'm, that's a, that sounds like a monkey paw, <laughs> but, uh, it couldn't have been worse than last year. So, uh, I'll roll these dice. Um, and the, the, the player that stood okay, up, are they Arby's multi-sided dice? Uh, I hope they're Arby's polyhedron. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, give me that D20. Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> so, yeah, um, as far as a player to take away from uh, in the game uh, that we haven't that we haven't gone through, I was going to do Jabron Payne because, like, I, I just think that the whole blue team got sort of shafted, all the skill position players, because the <laughs> offense was just so, like – stag stagnant you know and bad um so i felt bad for all of the receivers i felt bad for audrick estime i felt bad for everybody on the blue team uh with that so i'll go with that I, the one thing i'll say with the bottom is that is that i like that he's not a dancer that he's like a limited number of cuts and that's that's something that i like to see um so that's that's what i got okay um I'm going to combine my two biggest takeaways into one giant takeaway. Is that okay? Take as giant a takeaway as you need, my man. Yeah, here, here, here's a giant one. Because listen, for all of the all the good things that we liked about we like good the spring game, everyone was, and a lot of people are happy about what we saw. Yeah. Let me just let me just remind you. There is a lot of <laughs> that, that is always true. There were a lot of top tier players out for this game. And I just want to, I want to remind everybody who was missing from this game. Uh, tight end, Kevin Bauman, of it's a lineman, Ty Chan running back, Logan Diggs, tight end, Mitchell Evans, cornerback, uh, uh, Christian gray, uh, defensive back, Thomas Harper, Cornerback Cam Hart, uh, defensive lineman Devin Houston, uh, linebacker Jack Kaiser, uh, defensive back Ben Minnick, wide uh, tight end Eli Raritan, Adon uh, uh, Schuler, defensive back uh, Jadarian Price, running back. That's a lot of like those are good pieces. football players. <clears throat> That's, That's a, a lot, lot of pieces. pieces on both sides of the ball. Skill players. Like, these are just like. This isn't just like there's one offensive lineman, Ty Chan, who we don't expect to be. I'm not even sure on the two deep this year. As I disrespect Ty Chan, you got to get you got to get older, Bob. That's all. But like three Bauman, Evans, uh, and Raritan, 
You know what I mean? That's like, does it, where'd the tight ends at? There they that's are. That's right the whole. There. That's the whole room. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, your other running back, Logan Diggs. I mean, just I just, the list is like Cam Hart. Your other start. By the way, your starting cornerback. You know what I mean? Christian Gray, the freshman, uh, could be the freshman. Uh, this year's version of Benjamin Morrison. You know what I mean? Like. Be fast. There is there. There was a lot of players. Jadari, and look, I'm still like drooling at the thought of Jadarian Price. I just mean, just feels like a badass running back room, anyways. With you know Price, Diggs, Estime, and you know like like uh, Jude mentioned with Javon Payne, who I was actually more impressed with than I thought I would be. Um, but uh, at any route, that's my big takeaway. Like so much of what you saw wasn't anywhere remotely, not even fucking. 10% of the fullness uh, for what could be this fall uh, should return, you know, 75% of those guys. Now injuries are a part of football and, and you know, guys are going to be gone this and that, but I mean, you return, you return most of those guys and it changes a whole lot of, of how things work for the better by far. Uh, so is, you know, it's great. And the, the silver lining to those guys being out is up the guys under them get some more work, which makes everybody better. You know, the more, more reps, more work you get, the better you get. That's the whole philosophy behind it. But yeah, just that list of names that should like make you like go, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He wasn't, he didn't play. Holy could shit. Be, that's right. Could be better. Yeah. Like, Oh man. Yeah. Where were the tight ends? Well, they were all injured, uh, <laughs> you know? So that's my, my my biggest takeaway is there was just so much there that we didn't get to didn't get to see, which is fine. It's and fine. actually pretty cool. Yeah. So, um, as far as like the the one guy, oh man, this is going to be kind of a, a an odd one, but not because it's a familiar name and and he's a skill player, so everyone would be fine with that. But like, but I just think Deion Colsey with his number change, he just looks more badass. <laughs> like, I just think he looks more like he is ready to fucking dominate. I don't care what Tim Priester says. Uh, <laughs> who seems, you know, he seems to be Tim's new whipping boy. Now that Braden Lindsay has moved Lindsay's on. Gone, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I think Colsey, God, he just, he looks the fucking part, man. He really does. And I am just super excited. He got the bad draw on the blue team. Yeah. So all of the I blue just, team, all the pass catchers for the blue team, I just felt bad for. Right. I mean, the Jaden's, the Jaden's got the, cause imagine if Jaden great house was on the blue team, what the narrative is today. Right. So let me get a negative from you guys. I mean, like, not everything was great. So let me get, let me get some negatives here. Um, let me get one. All right. So Jude, what, what, what was your, the worst takeaway you can get from this game? Like, like, like yeah, I didn't really, li- I didn't really like this as much as everything else was dope. Uh, it felt like the offensive line protection was not great, but like the guys were getting to the quarterback way too quick. Um, it's not, it, it, and I, we can just chalk that up to like, well, the five starters aren't They're working split together, up. right? And yeah. so, but oh yeah, there was a lot of, uh, felt like there was a lot of miscommunication on that line, so. It needs to get better. That's a good one. That's a good one. And and a fair fair take by you, Jude, to, to mention that too, as well, as far as 
you know, we weren't working with the, the line across the way, but it's still one-on-one matchups, you know, in a lot of ways. And there were some, some, Oh shit. <laughs> kind of going on. So that's good. That's a good one. Uh, but you, Brendan, what's a kind of a not so great takeaway. I mean, my not so great takeaway would have been just the, the quarterback play outside of, uh, Sam Hartman. <laughs> it wasn't good. I mean, Ty Buckner wasn't very good. Um, I, I don't think I don't think I don't Menchie looked rattled. Um, Angeli was I mean, he didn't get a chance to throw it because he was just getting hit. So, uh, yeah, I, I I don't know, man. I, I'm not overly concerned about it because the, if your best if the best player on your team gets knocked out, of course, your team's not going to be as good. And unless you're Ohio State 2014. Um, you can't just like roll through multiple quarterbacks and like expect to, um, you know, make it make it through it and win a win a national title, right? So right. I, I don't have a ton of of beef as far as as that kind of stuff goes, but I, I just I guess I would have appreciated that, um, you know, the 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 quarterback position could have been a, on the other side. The, Blue team didn't even score, man. Right? No, that's not, not that's not great. That was a zero. And it's not like uh the, the gold team scored after Hartman left. So right. um, that second half was a brutal watch for anybody uh sticking around. Sticking around in that stadium. Yeah, definitely. Um so I don't know how to put this. I think we all three of us expected to not see a lot of Audric Estime, right? Like we no. said, an over under of carries of of ten, right? Yeah. And did we all did we all take the under on that? We all took the under. Yeah, we all took the under, which we would have got because you only carried the ball five times. But they did target him four times in the passing game, which seemed, I don't know, just hand it off the fucking ball, uh, kind of thing. Uh, so I guess my if my biggest negative was kind of like I would have liked to have seen more from Audrey Estime, and at the same time I would have liked to have seen less uh, because if you're not going to have a carry of the ball, like just don't let's stop risk the biscuit. What are you doing? What are you doing with him? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, just, I just I wasn't sure. I like thought there was other things we could have done there. Um, I mean, I think that's really it. I just I thought the DBs were all very quiet. Which is good. Uh, yeah, not right? really. Uh, well, I mean, you know, it's the well, non de assommoir, right? Where, like, if you don't hear the name called or if you don't hear their name, that's a good thing. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I just I guess I would have liked to have seen seen a little more. I, would, I, I want Clarence Lewis to give to give me hope that my. My hot take about and he, him. And he got burned, uh, too. Yeah, I, I didn't yeah, want to bring it yeah. up, but like he, he did get yeah, burned. That was good. Yeah. Uh, okay. So moving on from all that. So just, to, you know, we already talked about the, the transfer portal guys, but hey, guys, guess what? We're sitting at 83 scholarships <laughs> right now. They can hit up the transfer portal. Going up, going up to spring. We were positive nine, I think, going into uh you know in january I, I think it was maybe positive nine um so we worked our way down to 83 out of 85 is if my count is accurate which i think it is 
Um, you know, so I still, ex- I still expect some attrition out of this team. Like I still probably expect a couple more transfer portal options. Um, not exactly sure who, uh, I, I don't know. For me, I kind of feel like there's still at least one offensive lineman that bolts, um, at least one, um, you know, and then also like maybe, maybe a corner or, you know, so we could be looking at, you know, in a, four open spots and trying to figure out what we're going to get in the transfer portal. Like, like what's there. And that's kind of like, besides the point, like what Notre Dame should be going after, you know, more or less. Uh, what do you guys think about all this? Yeah. I mean, there's the, I mean, just, just with healthy college football, I mean, just transfer portals and that kind of stuff happens. Um, what do you think we- they, they're gonna they're gonna get safety right. That's almost assured. That's that's almost assuredly going to happen. They're going to get a safety, right? Yeah, like there's, like if Buckner stays gone, there's no way they get a quarterback out of the portal, right? Like, and even if he's and even if he doesn't stay gone, like they might kick the tires on some guys. But but what are you doing? What are you doing signing the I, quarterback unless it's a fifth year guy that just that just wants to hang 10 for a bit, but like he wants to do that. He wants to live that Doug Peterson life. Yeah. Like what, what are you doing? Signing, signing a, a quarterback that has more than a year of eligibility left. That, that wouldn't make any sense. Do you know what would you give as an over or under for, for guys still to hit the transfer portal? Oh, good question. Um, so let me go back and look at some of my historical data and see if I can't figure out, can't suss out how many people actually end up calling it after the, the blue gold. And we're, we're already at, we're already at two. Yeah. I mean, I feel like after the blue gold game, it's not, it's, there are some, but it's not as high. Like I would right. think maybe four, four would be the max. So Jordan Johnson was May 3rd. Dylan Gibbons was May 6th. Um, Kendall Abdul-Rahman was April 2nd. So that would have been before the blue gold game. Which is weird. Um, Luke Jones was April 6th. Noah Boykin was April 18th. Um, Nick Watkins was April 26th. Did Lorenzo Styles transfer after our last podcast? Yeah. He announced it after the last podcast. Yeah, pretty sure. Oh, so we asked. So we didn't even mention that. Yeah. Uh, there goes some Ohio love. God damn it. Let's see. Um, Spencer Perry was April 6th. So, yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem like there's a lot. I love happened. that you bring up Spencer Perry all the time, Jude. Yeah. Keep it down now. Spencer Perry. <laughs> oh, you, hush. I, you you can't name alive like nobody else, literally like nobody else, and I love it. Love it. Yeah, I don't see a lot. I see him a lot more in August. Um, it, you know, May's pretty dead too. So, okay. I think that we probably are hit. We've hit our maximum here. So you think we think they're done? I mean, well, I mean, never say never, but yes. I mean, if you were going to okay. do it, you would have done done it by now, right? I mean, you you know it. I mean, you know where you stand right now. So. Oh, I think I think there's a, I, I think there's a 
full week. I, I guess once Sunday hits, then I'll then I can be. Then about you're camp. more comfortable to 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 say this was the number. Yeah, yeah. No. I, I think that that, that makes sense. Still, I mean, it's kind of like we're all expect we're all expecting like four or five commitments from from this weekend for recruiting. And everyone's just kind of like lining up their announcement times, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know kind of like everything, everything's done now for a uh, maximum exposure. Views. Yeah. And, that, and that's not a, that's not a bad thing. Just uh, is what it is. It's just a thing. Um, it's a thing. It's, it's a, a thing. It's, it's a thing. A, you know, it's a, it's a real thing. It's a thing. <laughs> That's the best way to put it. Um, uh, as you know, I mean, as Pusha T would would say it, uh, never trust a bitch who finds love in a camera. She will fuck you, then turn around and fuck a janitor. You know, uh, he is a soothsayer. Oh, uh, shoot. All right, let's get... Th- I got to rank everything here. And yeah, I didn't tell oh, you guys what it was. You did not. And, and, so this is this I is going to be one with some awkward pauses and some uh, some some curiosity. But, but I think this one is right up your guys' wheelhouse. Okay. I fully I fully believe you guys will you'll have a problem keeping ones off. But I want I want a solid five from each of you guys. I want your top five songs from the from the two thousands. We've been talking about the nineteen nineties so much lately. Uh, wow. Pro- this is this is going to be phenomenally, uh, th- and this is the odds, right? This is not like 2010 and onwards. This is no, the- no, no. So no, you this- so you can't have like uh, uh, M83 can't be on here, you know? Because oh, this, uh, this is easy. I already got it. So, but uh, have, yeah, give me your top five thousands that said, which years? is might be the most diverse decade that we've had. I mean, honestly. Ugh. Oh wait, so we're saying 2010s or 2000 to 2009? 2000 2009, the 2000s, oh, okay. the aughts. Okay. Fuck. No, no one's going. No one's going with your voodoo of 2001, 2010, Jude. No, no, no. I no. What I was asking was, you said the 2000s. I thought we meant the last 23 years. So that's why I didn't know. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah, just, yeah. just, just that decade. The decade of 2000 to 2009. Okay. Oh crap. Okay. Anybody, Brendan, you already got your five. Uh, I mean to narrow it down to five. I have a best of two thousands playlist that I have uh, already on the ready because, of course, I do because I have play. I have every year since two thousand and nine. I put together my best songs. Of the so year first of all, Brendan. Yeah. Drop drop that link in in the chat so I can share that with everybody so that they get the best of the, the joy. So sure you, oh boy. Uh, yeah. That puts me on the spot because I haven't curated it at all. Um, and why I, why I brought this up was not just the '90s, but I was also thinking a lot about the spring game itself and just like remembering like I started going to the spring games in in the 2000s. So and kind of catching all those vibes like how every year is just so different yet. It's all feels like the same, but you know, just, I, was, I don't know. It was just, a, it was just a decade that kind of started the spring game stuff for me. Uh, and I thought, well, let's get a, let's get a music, uh, conversation <laughs> out of this one. Um, did you get anything narrowed down yet? I'll tell uh, you what, I got, 
I wrote down five, so I'll start. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. And like you two, first, this is not a like, this is not a hard set top five. Like I am, first of all, I changed like the wind. Uh, tomorrow I could write down five completely other songs uh, because I'm just, uh, just, I'm just so changeable. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a terrible trait to have and also a great trait to have. Uh, but anyways, so five, my five songs uh, from the 2000s. And I'm going to narrow it down to one art, you know, from one artist uh, or one artist per song. And I had a hard time. So this first one, I had a hard time like locking down which one there was. I had a two, I had a tie, uh, but Eminem Stan or the way I am. And I'm going to go with Stan because I just thought that that song was uh, kind of set him on a. It's, it's it, it was the song that finally set him apart from being like the shock um, white rapper, um, like, like this was a song. This was a, this was a story. This was, I mean, look, Eminem a huge Eminem fan. And, you know, a lot of his stuff was fantastic, but it had, you know, some connotations. People are like, I think this was a song that, um, despite like, it's very violent content, uh, was something that, you know, attached to a lot of people because, um, you know, a, the way that he presented it and B just, uh, you know, what it was about. Um, Let's see MGMT uh, time to pretend uh, it's just by it's, the way uh, time to pretend is a great example of a song that's upbeat and then you look at the lyrics and you go oh my god this song is so depressing I have a whole playlist yeah. for that for you too Jude yeah and it's a song they did as a joke example of that right? which is up, upbeat upbeat uh, melody uh, uh, depressing lyrics right happy yeah. sounding set like uh yeah, I mean, there's so many like Passion Pit made a career out of it. Uh, all right. Yes. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah, just that's exactly right. So many, so many songs where it's just like, yeah, I got. Uh, I mean, and what wasn't this a song, dude? That was a uh, kind of a joke to the guys, like, like, hey, we can make a pop song, like we can make a popular. You know, and which, they, they we can make a the popular. The problem song. with MGMT is like their joke is like, hey, we can make some pop songs, like we got. And they make like electric the quintessential feel, pop song. And they made like electric feel and kids and time to pretend. And it's like, and now we'll go back to making our regular music. And the regular music just sucks ass because everything <laughs> happens. <after that. laughs> yes, uh, exactly. Although, uh, and they did a great job with, uh, what was it, with Kid Cudi. Yeah. They did. Uh, on their clap. That was great. Uh, but yeah, so that's, that's up in my top five. Um, a punk from uh, Vampire Weekend is uh, is in my top five, and like these two songs, Time to Pretend and A Punk, are kind of like on my uh, going to the beach playlist for the kids. Fun fact um, about A Punk: that was the song that when my wife connected to her car back in the days when your iPod would just play the first song alphabetical or whatever, or your phone would play the first song alphabetical. That was the one that always, always the song. Huh? We got in the car and it was like. Hey, that's a great you know that's a great song to like. Yeah, now start off good. your car with, right? It's fun. Like all good vibes, all good vibes. Um, number four here, like uh, probably it's if not the greatest, it's one of the greatest uh, diss tracks of all time, uh, and that's Ether from Nas. Uh, back when him and Jay Z were beefing, um, I actually thought Jay Z got a had the upper hand uh, a couple times in this uh, beef, uh, but Ether was went so fucking hard. 
Uh, and Nas just proved, uh, you know, he's a superior hip hop um, lyricist and an artist, uh, even if, uh, you know, Jay-Z is a uh, um, better promoter of himself. I mean, hip hop's a funny business because uh, album sales yeah, definitely promotion. do. Yeah, de- album sales definitely do not tell you uh, how good a, a person really is. It's like it, it might even be the opposite <laughs> in many, many cases. Um, and the number five is, is just a fun one because, dude, I don't know if there was anyone that was better in the 2000s at what they did um, than Lil Wayne. And I just think Amelia is a song that is just it's just fucking fun. I mean, Lil Wayne's lyrics are just fun anyway. Anyways, like. You know, real G's move in silence like lasagna is like one of like favorite lines of all time. Um, but I just thought Emil is just like one of the more fun songs to like you hear it come out. We hear it come out of the car and we're just, you know, blasting it. So, look, those five are a five for right now. Again, tomorrow it might change up a little bit. Um, but probably always have uh, time to pretend on there. Uh, that's just and probably a punk. A lot of, like I said, those are two on the on our beach playlist uh, that we just completely rock out to. But like there was, you know, I had no, there's no cake in there. There's, you know, there's no a lot of anything uh, in this top five that uh, that we love. But uh, those are five. Those are five songs. Very difficult to put together five songs, man. I know it, but you're gonna have to you have to try. All right. Um, all right. So I'm going to take Such Great Heights by Postal Service, Flow Down, Modest Mouse, Love You Madly by Cake, Listomania by uh, Phoenix, and we're not going to go macro because I was going to go macro and say, like, the impact of last night by the strokes that it had on me for setting off a musical rev- revolution for me. But I'm going to go with Honest Expression by Binary Star, which is the finest hip-hop song of the 2000s, which is a bold declaration of magazine. It sounds like the song came out in the year 2000. But if you haven't heard... Better, better, better than anything that MF Doom put out? Uh, MF Doom's got a lot of good ones, um, whether he's going by... Doom? Oh, yeah. Whether he's going by Victor Vaughn, because I, I thought about it like all caps, right, from his Mad Villain, yeah. or I thought about putting on, um, you know, Potholders. Uh, you know, there's also a Never Dead, uh, Victor Vaughn. I thought about putting that on there, too. But the thing about Binary Star Good is choices. that it is a singular album of the of Binary Star. And if if you're into hip hop, like that real hip hop and they that that's kind of like the the thing that they have on there um you know talking about the real hip hop but uh yeah that masters of the universe album from binary star it is an underrated classic of of hip hop greatness and then as far as the the other songs go i mean such great heights by postal service is is a perfect song in every way uh float on is an anthem song um that everybody who went to college in the you know, mid aughts should should know the words too. Um, and then "Love You Madly" from Cake. I had to put a Cake song in there because I love you. I love Cake very well, much. I'm glad. I'm glad that you did because I did not. And then and uh, I, I love them. There's like 15, uh, not 15, but there's like 10 songs from Phoenix I want to put on there. But Listomania is is definitely the one that like you can just put on Listomania and it is uh it's always a banger. 
Joshua, I hate that you put me on the spot about this. I I wish I had like 24 hours to research this because I know. Well, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give you like on the cuff. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna give you. I'm tomorrow. gonna give you 25 more. I'll give you 25 more seconds because I'm gonna make a mention here. About no, binary star. Yeah, go like, ahead. Doesn't that, doesn't that all sound like like that's like a David Bowie album? Doesn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's they have a lot of like uh, Bowie, like <laughs> Bowie at, his, at his height of being a magician. It just like I. Like I, I don't know. Like every any time I hear that, I, the I, the first thing I do think of, honest to God, is David Bowie. For and there's no tie at all. I don't even think they sampled him at all in, it, in anything, did they? No, no, no. But but I mean, the funny part is, is like sort of like Bowie. This like there's a lot of concept songs on it. Like, um, uh, what is it? Um, uh, Wolfman Jack and Glenn Close, and th- these are all like sort of. Um, know why the cage bird sings i mean these are all kind of like uh concept songs uh more so than like a regular hip-hop song like like i i was really struggling like i was gonna put so i i really thought about putting deltron 3030 on there because that's actually my favorite hip-hop album of that i just couldn't pick one in the moment uh whether or not i want to do like mastermind or 3030 or virus or like i mean it was just, yeah. it was just too many tough but like my favorite album of the, I mean, honestly, my favorite album period from the 2000s is Supreme Clientele. But it's just like I can't I don't like take it out of five songs like like there's a lot of songs on there I I couldn't even take a five, top five out of the album that'd be too tough and like putting this together it's like it's almost better if I just like, kind of like ignore that you know what I mean? yeah <laughs> yeah yeah like 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 albums probably would have worked better like if I were to put attack five albums I would have. You know, Supreme Clientel would have been on there because that's probably my, I mean, it might just be my favorite album of all time, period. Uh, but yeah, you know, I don't have a single song on there in my top, my supposed top five. Funny yeah. how that shit works. Man. It is very funny how that stuff works because it's like, yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of uh, hieroglyphic songs I would have put on there. Like I, I thought Dell was Dell was my favorite rapper from the from the aughts, like that early aughts, like everything he touched was gold. Um, you know, Future Development's a phenomenal album, and I, I just, but uh, you know, it's it, it's tough. When you only got five songs, like you said, it's it's on the spot. Um, at least I had something to pull from, which I I think Jude is disadvantaged to, is because I don't think he's yeah, got it. I was literally looking through all my playlists going, God damn it. I wish I'd put these in years. Um, and I did some of the stuff in years, but I didn't do a lot. So, okay. Eric, here's five songs. Um, this sucks by the way. Uh, I love all five of these songs, but I bet you there's <laughs> that I, I could have thought like better would have liked better. Right. Uh, chips Ahoy right. by hold, hold steady because I love the hold steady and boys and girls in America was their best album. Invite me on that. Um, when you were young by the killers, because that yeah. was my favorite song to play on rock band, um, this year by the mountain goats. <laughs> and I literally could have done probably any song on sunset tree. Um, yep, yep, yep. this year is kind of a, uh, defiant anthem. Uh, welcome to the black parade by my chemical romance, because that song gets me absolutely hyped to run. And, um, all my friends by LCD sound system, because, that song is like seven minutes and I play it at four o'clock in the morning when I have to go to work to like do elections. And it just is like a great, like it's all build. Great no election release. song. Huh? It's all build, no release. And it just, it gets me so like fucking hyped to, to, to work a 16 hour day. So that's five right there. 
Okay. It's tough, man. That's tough. I was actually pretty proud of myself for putting that together in five minutes because in five minutes yeah. I was cursing your name, Joshua. I was cursing your name because there's a lot of stuff I just yeah, left I mean, off. at first I thought I had I was like, well, I got a list put together and it's like I'm looking at it, it's like my list isn't even complete. Um, because it doesn't include any hip hop on it. And it is a hundred and thirty-two songs. Like it I haven't curated it at all. I'm just like, yeah, this is a song from the outs I love, and I haven't like, you know, Thought through it's just like oh yeah that's great and just dump it on there which i recommend everybody do uh put songs in decades and by years uh you'll thank yourself at some point yeah you'll thank yourself when your friends put you on the spot like this but also like um i was yeah. driving home from soccer practice with uh sophie today and she was like put on some music and i was like how about i put on some music from the year you were born and then i was able to just nice. i was able to just do that oh nice nice that's a good, you know, Carrie and I do that a lot. The kids kind of hate us. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we'll go back to like, hey, get, you know, play the Apple playlists are, are kind of terrible, uh, but they're not they're not uh, completely worthless. Uh, but just this year and this genre or whatever it is. And then that's what we're listening to, you know, in the car. And for at least for me and her, you know, Lisa could take us back a little bit to before the time we had these three uh, bank account Hooligans. sucking. Yeah. Hooligans in the, in the back. That's a healthy. God. How many songs you got on here? 132 songs. Yeah. And that's not even like the, I mean, for a whole decade, I just, I haven't curated it at all or done oh anything. My God. I just, just I'm just sitting dumb. here going like, Oh, St- Soof and Stevens put out an album that probably had five songs. I absolutely love from the two thousands. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> this was the worst. So. Anyways, you're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I think we did the thing. I mean, I, I think we did. The thing. I think I think we correctly assessed the spring game where we talked about the things that we liked without getting. We didn't start talking about national championships, although that can certainly be on the table. We didn't talk about Heisman's, which can certainly be on the table. Uh, you know, we I think we kept it sane. Right. Ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I think there's plenty of time this uh, spring and summer to get into to um, find the loss and uh, Heisman talk, which I'm sure we will. Oh, I'm ready to I'm ready to play find the loss. I don't mean to ex- I don't mean to extend this podcast any longer than it's already gone. Um, but can we do Can we figure out who won the props on the uh, the spring game? Uh, I lost the spreadsheet. Yep. Oh, you lost the spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> I know we all got estimate right. No, I don't even remember the other questions. I, well, I just I, no, no, no. Touchdown passes. Tyler. Well, Buckner, I had Minchie. Minchie or Steven. So Elliot, that was wrong. Right? Which was a push. I had Minchie. <laughs> she was, was wrong. But and I think we asked who Bert, had. Was there more rushes than than passes in the game? Was that a thing? Yeah, um, it was. It was, and I think. What was it? So there were. See, Gold had thirty-four rushes and. 28 pass attempts. Blue had 17 rushes and 27 pass attempts. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's what 17, 18 play differential. Holy shit. Uh, Jude, I know Brennan and I both took gold because uh, Jude was sticking with this formula of it was Blue's turn. Yeah. But we were sticking with the, the formula of we want a national title. Right. <laughs> so we 
So we got that. We got that. Uh, and that was all pre-player uh, draft, which, I mean, we already talked about. Like, I know we said we like good things about Jabron Payne, but the disrespect to take Payne over Estime in the draft, that had to have been planned. It right? had to have been planned, yeah. yeah. That had to have been planned. Like, like if you're – how does that happen? I don't know. Just was like, oh, yeah, we know Estime is not going to carry the ball, so why pick him, right? Or it's like, whoa, 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 you don't want to create the perfect roster. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it was Brendan that mentioned uh, at one point that, that um, the uh, the gold team like ran a stupid play on third and nine just so they wouldn't show up the blue team because the blue was struggling so bad. At I that mean, they, that's what it felt like to <laughs> me. Is, is it just seemed like uh, like you know hard oh, just to 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 keep things from from getting out of hand? Why don't I don't want to wanted to ask you guys is and obviously this is not really the setting but i mean what did you guys think about jared parker's play calling at all did you have any thoughts about it or you know was there it was there something that you really that stood out to you or something you thought was was dumb and, and may be a problem or was it just kind of like it just was what it was he caught a lot of trick plays yeah, I don't, I don't get. I don't. I don't take anything away from the spring game. I don't think it's. I don't think it's intuitive of anything. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I just didn't, didn't know if you had an opinion about uh, about it at all. But Brennan's right. There was a few more extra plays. Let's put that. That's what I'm, I'm not even gonna call them trick plays. There's just a little extra. Okay. All right. Well, let's uh, let's top this out then, uh, Jude. What do you got left to? Uh, you got left in the tank. So today at 642 started the annual Notre Dame Day, which is just a um, absolute shakedown for money. Um, but having said that, <laughs> uh, <laughs> having said that, um, you know, if you belong to a Notre Dame club and I hope and I hope that you do, um, even if you're not an alumni, because although they are run by the Alumni Association, they're not for alumni exclusively. Um, you know how much this day actually means to. Um, to, to clubs, Notre Dame clubs, and uh, our club, the Notre Dame Club of Central New York, Syracuse, is no different. Um, we are having a um, a challenge hour for our class, our our uh, group size. You know, so they put us all in different classes based on how many alums we have in the area, um, not total fans, but just actual alums in the have in the area. So, uh, four to five Eastern tomorrow. If you make a five dollar donation, um, is that tomorrow or today, Jude? Well, oh, I'm sorry. Today, as you're listening to the podcast, Thursday, or I'm sorry, Wednesday, is, April 26th. Because it is 12:09 a.m. Yes, yeah. So apologize on that. Uh, Wednesday, April 26th, five, four to five. If you if you make a five dollar donation and choose um, Central New York, Syracuse is one of your don- donators, then we get um, we get an additional five hundred dollar bonus, and you also put us towards a um, 1842 bonus and $1,842 bonus and a portion of the $250,000 challenge fund. So basically you take your $5 and you can turn it into basically 30 bucks for us. And, um, just, just so you understand that we're not spending this on like cigar bars or something, something stupid. Um, this actually goes, um, to local uh, students for scholarships, but also it goes to our summer service learning program where we actually take kids, from Notre Dame who don't live in Syracuse and bring them into Syracuse so they can do summer service projects. 
And that is an awesome experience because we get to show them the best of central New York, upstate New York. Um, and you know, we get to, we get to enjoy them and they come from, they're literally all walks of life. It's, it's very, it's a very cool thing. So, um, you know, plenty of worthy organizations. You can use your residence hall. You can use uh, Center for Social Concerns, or the Folk Choir, or, or whatever you feel very strongly about. Um, but I do hope that if you have an extra vote um, and you don't know where to put it, that you put it towards the Notre Dame Club of Central New York, Syracuse, and we would appreciate it very much. So that's my pitch. Excellent. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Money grabs. We're all there. <laughs> Uh, Brendan, sir, what do you got left on the take? Uh, I got nothing. There's, there's absolutely nothing I have left in the tank. Um, spring's over. We're getting into OFT season. Um, so I'm very excited for it. The NFL draft is on Thursday. Uh, very excited for that. Which we have not talked about at all on the site. I don't know. Barely. Um, uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see if that, that continues. Um, I I'm just sorry. love that Brendan a couple of years ago made it his mission to correct the record about how many draft picks Notre Dame had relative to USC. And now everyone, it seems like has agreed that Notre Dame has more draft picks than USC. So I'm, I'm here for that. Here they for certainly that. have. Uh, Notre Dame is, is far out and ahead and they're going to continue on. I mean, Notre Dame should have more players drafted this year in USC, right? Uh, I guess I haven't seen seven round mock drafts for USC. Yeah. Um, it, it, I can't I can't speak to uh, if they can get four, five more than than we than we're going to put in. So, right. Yeah. So um, we'll we'll see. We'll we'll see. We'll I see mean, if what, USC. What's the over under? What's the over under on the Irish players draft? drafted this year? I would put it at I mean, three and a half. Ooh, I take the under. Yeah. I mean, because it's it's almost a guarantee. So, Mayor and Foskey for sure, right? And Patterson. Mayor Foskey Patterson. And then and then it just becomes will somebody not, take a flyer on one of the Adam Malola twins or, or Brandon, Brandon Joseph? Joseph? Yeah. So I think three and a half is the only correct number. Three and a half is the correct. That's number. a good. Yeah. That's a decent line. Yeah. That's a good line. That's a. I don't. That's a, think you want a really good line. Half, because I, I think at two and a half you take the over, right, Joshua? You, I mean Patterson. Will oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, Patterson's stock has dropped like a fucking rock. Uh, but that's because they don't like him at guard. Like, like if, if Patterson would have just been a center and worked out as a center, his draft stock actually would have been higher. And people would have been saying, well, we wish he would have worked at guard because then his draft stock would have been higher for versatility, but they didn't like his guard work <laughs> is the problem. Um, and neither did, this is neither NFL did the coaching people. staff. Well, no, the coaching staff did like his guard work. Uh, that was the problem, so, right? So he'll get, he'll be drafted, but I mean, he went from what I thought was kind of like a lock, you know, late second round, early third round, um, as a center in the NFL, which was always his, I mean, I always felt like that's his, that's his calling. He's a center. Just like some people are just, they're catchers, man. I got a little league team that's just like, dude, you are you're not a shortstop. You are a catcher. And just go ahead and, and accept that role. Be Jake Taylor. Okay. It's okay. Jake Taylor is a great guy. Just you know, be you have every bit of Jake Taylor in you. Um 
but uh, yeah, I just center is his role. Um, I think he'll go probably fifth round, fourth, fifth round. And somebody just got themselves like a, you know, a, a decade long starting, starting center. Yeah. It's, and he, you know what? That's a Steeler type of a pick. I hope so. Just I FYI, take it. Brandon. I hope so. Cause they definitely need help. Uh, I don't care what anybody says uh, more than tackle. They need help at every yeah, we were, position. We were talking before we were talking about before we recorded uh, like once the conversation started gearing around like Darnell Washington over Michael Mayer, I just, I, I lost all interest. I did. I was not going to debate. I, it's just, it's uh, to me, it's just such a dumb debate. It's, it's just, silly. Well, it's the silly season, right? Cause everybody's going to put up the drop mock drafts tomorrow, yeah. which are the ones that they have on. You know, and we don't, we don't know what's the, what dumb games are played either. Right. So all I know is that I've seen a couple, I saw a couple of draft or mock drafts where I had green Bay, uh, taking Michael Mayer, which I would, I would appreciate. I don't think they take him uh, at 13 now. I think that they're in Jackson Smith and jig Bay. No. Yeah. Yeah. Like they, he was, he was in their territory before, but, uh, I don't know. I just, I, once, once it got to what the, the stupid, the stupid debate started happening about who and this, I'm like, nah, because it's a reason why I don't go on NFL podcasts anymore to talk. Cause these fucking people don't watch don't these guys in college at all. They base everything off of combine stuff and, and NFL insider reports and not off of watching actual fucking football games. Um, and I won't have anything to do with it. I don't, I don't care. I got into an argument with Steeler people a few years ago about, uh, Jeremiah Wusukormo, where they insisted that he was a safety. And I'm like, no, he is a fucking linebacker. Uh, and they kind of laughed me off about it. And I'm like, okay, well, fuck well, you. No, he's a very good linebacker for the rival Browns. So yeah, it's just, it, it look, don't is argue about college. Yeah. Don't argue about college players with people that cover college football. Like if you have needs, like if it's a, if it's a thing about uh, NFL teams needs or, you know, who's up you know, or contracts, are up, that's all, that, that's all you, I, I don't follow the NFL free agency like I used to and all that, like that's all on you. But you want to tell me who I think is the better player coming out of college and project and, you know, and, and projects better. I, I have a leg up on you cause I've watched way more of their fucking games. So you talk about Darnold Washington. Well, I think you're fucking stupid because the only comparison to Michael Mayer in this in this draft is Dalton Kincaid from Utah, who, if we're honest, could end up being better than Mayer in in the league. He's a good, he's a really good fucking tight end, man. Like that's a guy that that could that could be a real star in the league. So if you but you want to bring up George's boy, like no, man, we're not I'm not having that conversation. That's dumb. Stupid. Anyways, but that's coming up. So enjoy your draft time. I mean, you know, we'll put, we'll podcast afterwards. Like we'll now that, you know, we'll get all the silly talk is, is about to die down and we get to the, the real silly talk about, you know, who went where and why we'll talk about all that in a podcast. Right. We'll cover Absolutely. that. We'll just cover it that way. Yeah. yeah. Which is, I, th- I think the best, because yeah. the, the thing about, uh, Draft talk is that nobody knows anything about draft talk. None of it's real. Oh, it's all for it's all for clicks. It's all for every draft. Every ounce of draft coverage is for clicks. 
None of it's real. And if I, so if I was a real clickbait artist, then I would be all over this draft talk because that is some serious traffic. And I don't care. I'm not doing it. I'm not selling my soul, Jude. You could. I went, listen, I went to a rosary service on Thursday. I went to a funeral mass on Friday. I went to a confirmation mass on Saturday. I went to mass on Sunday. I am, I am holy, y'all. That's a lot of crackers and wine, my man. Like, like this is like, like, yep, this is, might be the life when I'm like 80. Maybe I'll just keep going. I, I don't know about the two hours. Well, I mean, when 80, you're just like, confirmation all your services. Funerals. <laughs> right. Right. Which was, I, uh, so, you know, my grandmother passed and the funny thing about it all, like the, like, which was the thing that I was, I could crack up about was that she was like the funeral director person for the, for the church, not for a funeral home, but like, she's the one that like directed all the funerals for like years and years and years, um, at her, at her parish. And my grandmother was not a fancy lady. This is a Sicilian woman who just loved to be, she was a school teacher. She went to university of Loyola and, um, in Chicago. Um, but when it was called something else, uh, that's how long ago it was, uh, you know, school teacher, best cook you'll ever meet real conservative type lady. Let me tell you how fucking fancy her coffin was. <laughs> like this woman was taking notes for years about <laughs> these funerals. I've never seen anything fancy around her. And that coffin was the fanciest thing I've ever seen. This white thing covered in roses. She had a giant rose, rose, you know, giant rosary made out of roses all in it. And I'm just like, this she took notes. This is like one of the funniest things I've seen, and totally against uh, her character. And maybe it was like, maybe it was her character because it was, you know, something surprising. But uh, anyways, I'm just putting that out there. Just funny. Uh, but yeah, I'm holy. Lots, lots of lots of mass. All that holy. Did not uh, did not get the the supply of the holy water refilled though. So. When well, you're well, in your scheme to dilute it in, uh, in a body, large body of water was was shot down. So yeah, man, that uh, that whole double dilute, you know, forty nine percent can't double dilute. That just killed the <laughs> just killed the market value. Yeah, sink your ship, man. <laughs> oh shoot! All right, so that's it. Oh yeah, hey, NBA baseball. I just wanted to say. Sweep in Virginia, number eight ranked Virginia. Look, it hasn't been a solid year for Notre Dame baseball, but they are still out there fighting. Uh, they got some good teams. Talent. Yeah, they're 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 holding their own for right now, and I don't know, man. Maybe they'll make some noise in the in the ACC tournament. Um, you know, this is definitely a team that's you know this is not on the same level of the team we had last year. Um, some injuries, you know, too with Jack Finley right now, but. Um, but yeah, you know, watching them sweep Virginia up in South Bend was uh was was surprising. I will I'll say that, uh, and it was nice to see. So this, uh, I am a little I was a little skeptical uh, throughout the season. Like, uh, it was Link Jarrett really like that? Really seems like that was a uh, a bigger loss than you know, we all thought it was a big loss. But you know, this, this seemed rough. And maybe maybe things are going to be okay. So. And again, I still think Florida State's at the bottom of the ACC right now. I'll just say, there's no Schadenfreude there. Um, 
one curious uh, curiosity, though, is, um, I mean, we have mentioned that Notre Dame's had Grace Hall lit up for a few weeks now, right? Yeah, uh, Notre Dame lacrosse, still ranked number one in the country. Just killing it out there. Just killing it. Did you see, did you guys see their, their alternate uniforms? No, I haven't seen the the latest all. So real quick, before we get off here, because you guys got to give your reactions to this. Go check out, just go on their uh, ND lacrosse website. And I got, I got all the pictures from, from Fred Asoff uh, that I haven't posted yet, but go look at what they did on senior day. Uh, They played North Carolina, beat North Carolina, but they were wearing their alternate unis. Look at that helmet for a minute and tell me. Are you you saying the wipes? Look at that helmet for a minute and tell me you don't want that for a Shamrock series just one time. It looks like the superior hockey jersey that Jude got. That, Jude, did you see those? That green, that. I did not. Dude, this, it was dope. Like, I, I, I had heard about that they were going to go green on the helmets. So I was kind of like, hey, I thought we were all, all in on the, um, you know, on the on the gold, all gold helmet, everything everywhere on campus. They lit it up with that. Uh, with that. It's sick. They had the white and the greens and had that green shaded helmet. Dude, it was. It's sick. Yeah, this does look pretty sharp. I mean, it's, it's almost, it, <laughs> it looks like I'm just waiting for Spider-Man to come in and crash a party. So anyways, I don't know. I just look, if you don't know what I'm talking about and I keep, I have a gallery I have to post. People would melt down. Look, they had, it's those green helmets and it's got the gold Irish script on the side. Just saying it's one game, one game. Just go ahead and do it for the hell of it. All right. Well, let's get out of here. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening all the way through. Uh, keep following us on the site. It's dra- it is draft coming up, so we'll have something up on the site, definitely a list. And the most important list is uh, the undrafted free agents. Um, every year, that's, that is the – we just want to know where everybody goes. All right? Uh, so we'll have some fun with that, and we'll be back here next week with another show. Like Brendan said, we are in off-season – territory mode so expect more themed podcasts which always means a little more structure and also means uh there are episodes that could blow up in our face completely uh, and be lame but we've only been lame maybe like once in four years so i think we're good to go on that one uh reminder get on over to apple Podcasts, leave that rating leave a review any review that you leave we will read word for word so what are you waiting on still still everybody's phone you know give us a five star and then write a cool rate write a cool message uh be a part of what uh what we're doing over here and that's it so for brennan for jude for everybody over at one foot down for the fans first sports network which is the network that the earned five-star podcast is on thank you for listening as always go irish